like everything everywhere all at once i do yes what of the big awards that it theoretically could win so let's just say screenplay directing picture and we'll just do act supporting actor and lead actress okay what if you could only if it could only if you can guarantee it gets one of those yeah what which is it supporting actor oh okay that is a uh, that's actually a pretty easy call for me i think that is Definitely the part of the movie that I came away with feeling most like, holy crap, Kiwai Kwan was incredible yeah. in that movie. Yeah. How about you? Uh, Michelle. Okay. Yeah. Although that's probably a close second, but like if it's going to be... Let me pull it up. If it's going to be someone other than Michelle, it's going to be Kate. And Kate has two. And she's terrific in Tar. I think she's probably my number two in actress of who I'd give it to, you know? Yeah. And if it's not Kiway, then it could be Brendan Gleeson, it could be Brian Tyree Henry, or it could be Barry Keoghan. Probably one of the two boys from Banshees, and I'd sure. be thrilled to see either of them get it. That would be great. So it's like, I would pr- I'm probably giving the award to both of them, Michelle and Key. But if I had to choose one, I think that the alternative options are much more fun than supporting actor. And I think that um, Michelle just carries that movie on her back. And uh, it, it, it works because of her. And she's phenomenal. It's like a big coronation, you know. Fair um, enough. It's a good movie. Speaking of good movies, we'll be talking about bad movies later. Love that. How about Love that, that for us. It's going to uh, be an exciting time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 231st episode of What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Where each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. I'm your host, Noah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Worst big, of the year. Yeah. Big week. It's a, it's a, series, of, uh, a series of big weeks. And a couple of fun um, box office stories today. Yeah, two I, especially. Let's I, talk about. I them. agree. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get right into uh, let's get right into business here. Uh, I'll start with our top five. Uh, of course, this weekend saw the release. Of course, of Jesus Revolution, a movie that we both knew the title of going into this. Seen that trailer recording. a lot. Gone. This looks better than. Almost every other faith-based movie garbage that's come out. Yeah, yeah, it 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 really just seems like a solid movie that's yeah. probably enjoyable to watch. Well, I'll look up the tomatoes. Yeah, I mean, yeah I'm, whether or not it actually is, it seems that way. So that's a success in the way that just you watch a trailer for uh, that movie about the boy that falls in the ice, and it's oh, just like, what was that called? That seems terrible. That had a huge cast too. That's another thing. Is like. The people in these movies, it's like, oh, so are you just like part of this now? Yeah. This big, me- it all it all seems to revolve around mega churches. Whether that's true or not, I think that's it. breakthrough is what that was called. Yeah, breakthrough the ice. Yeah, breakthrough to God. Anyway, uh, 
tough uh, tough bunch of actors to kind of uh, rank their films this week. Down of... Periscope, your number one Kelsey Grammer movie. You love it. We all sure. know. Uh, I have, in fact, done uh, a little a little variation here. My top five Kelsey Grammer roles. Uh, I mean, there's like two. I I got I got five. Okay. I I got I got five. Where I'm like, yeah, I like him in that. Age uh, of Ultron. You not Age of Ultron. Um, Age of though, Extinction. You haven't seen that. Yeah. No. That's, that's a Transformers movie. Or was, was he in? Uh, no, he was in Age of Extinction. I don't. He was in the one that I saw. Transformers is. Well, you didn't see that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, number five, uh, the sort anyway. of action franchise that I have seen him in uh, and enjoy is uh, his role as Hank McCoy slash the Beast. Okay. Uh, I just I think he did a good job. He was a good, he was a good fit for that uh, for that kind of role back in a series that might come up later. Oh dear. Uh, back in the early days of the X Men. Uh, number four, uh, a role that I'd actually uh, I frequently forget is him. Uh, and is a a really good part of a movie that even if it is lower on my personal rankings of this franchise exactly is still uh, is still quite oh, good. Franchises. Uh, it's not a Bug's Life. No, it's not. It's Stinky is, Pete. Is he in a Bug's Life? No. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I am just thinking of Stinky Pete. Okay. Yeah, from Toy Story Two. Yeah, Toy Story Two is awesome. He's so yeah. good. He's so good in that. Yeah, he does a uh, he does a really good God. job, and he is uh, that voice is so convincing when he's like, "Just come with me. Don't you want to be loved or whatever?" It's just like, yeah. yeah, I do actually. Yeah, and it doesn't just like, as I recall, just sound exactly like Kelsey Grammer. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'll have to, I'll have to double. I'll have to I'll, double check. I'll find that. a little. But, clip. but he, he does he does he does a great job in Toy Story Two. Uh. Number three, a little, uh, a little curveball, a little, curve a, little uh, a little one that's not not as substantial as Toy Story two or as the top two, but it's just a, a hell of a lot of fun. Is his role as himself on Thirty Rock? What is the situation there? Remind so me of his he role. and uh, he and Kenneth and Jenna maybe uh, they formed the best friends gang. Where oh, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah, con yeah. man, and they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're running cons. the the cakes and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, do yeah. the uh, the whale cakes. I remember. I uh, and they're they're always they're always doing the fucking nose flick from the sting. I uh, hear that. I uh, hang on. All right, yeah, he's doing just like a a half a half a twinge Octave of southern. Lower. Yeah, yeah, it's also he's not as like deep, you know. Right, yeah. yeah. So that's a so that's good stuff. Uh, he's hilarious on Thirty Rock. That show's incredible. Sure. Uh, of the top two, uh, do you have a uh, do you have a guess as to how I'm going to break here? Uh, uh, yeah, I think you're going to surprise me, and uh, I think this your staple is going to be it too. Okay. And the one that you have only sampled is going to be one. Well, I think when you consider how frequently he's actually in The Simpsons, yeah. it is not as surprising that I take Sideshow Bob at two. Sure. Uh, which I do. So I guess I don't surprise you. No. Uh, yeah, Sideshow Bob at two and Frasier at one. Uh, he's only done like 20 episodes of The Simpsons. I mean, that does make sense. He's yeah, on like just... an episode, maybe two a season since he's yeah, debuted. Yeah, it just yeah. It seems 
it seems crazy because he's one of the most significant parts of that show. Let me look up the Emmy. Just outstanding. I think he's only won one Emmy for that. As Sideshow Bob, that that would be weird. He has plenty of Emmys. Like let's let's you know leave the guy alone. But, but like yeah, I've prob- can we leave Kelsey Grammer alone? That's something else I wanted to bring up. I've probably seen him more as Frasier than I have as Sideshow Bob in That's like individual episodes true. of things. Uh, and he's just just outstanding, uh, abs- absolute S tier performances in both of those roles. Could have gone either way, but uh, I do I do take Frasier at one. Okay, so outstanding oh so outstanding voiceover performance is not even a category anymore. It must have been transitioned to another thing. But prior to '92, voice actors could be nominated for the performance in the live action categories. Okay, it's also a reason why. Um, the Simpsons don't have like a thousand Emmys is because they kept submitting it in the golden years for outstanding comedy series. Yeah. And never getting picked, even though, you know, we know that. How could they not? Yeah. So he has one four sideshow Bob in the Italian Bob from season uh, 17. Wow. That's, that's but, one where he's got the little son that shouts vendetta. Yeah. He has, yeah. He has one, Weird. two, three, four first time. On, you can go ahead. I'll tell you okay. about the other stats when you get to it. I, yeah, no, I mean that was a that that's kind of the uh, kind of the end of the uh, end of the list here. His his role as Frazier is, uh, is just just terrific. The way he's su- he's such like a big and broad character, but is still able to anchor a show. Yeah, in the way that like usually your main character, kind of has to be a little more subdued. So you can watch them for thirty minutes instead of just as like the butt of a joke for ten. I, uh, but he, he's he's outstanding in both. And we're very casually going through Cheers. He hasn't even arrived yet. I know. I'm very much looking forward very to it. Very soon. The nice. Pretty sure I said it's, it's like, like the end begin- of season two, beginning of season yeah, I think three, it's something because, like that. Yeah, Diane comes back. I'm pretty sure she she they they break up at the end of two. Okay. And then she comes back with Frasier in three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But for his time on as Fraser Crane, either producing or acting, he's been nominated for 16 Emmys and won four. Three for lead act, four, all of them for lead actor. Okay. For the show, Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, good stuff. Good for him. Yep. And is now uh, has now anchored a movie that did uh, pretty okay this weekend. Yeah, he's a <laughs> conservative. He's a show on Fox Nation. Well, sure. Which is uh, odd because Fraser is. Fiscally conservative and what's the other what's the other half of that phrase? Socially liberal. Yeah. Yeah. I. Is is he? Does that come up much on the show? I wouldn't be surprised to find yeah, that Fraser Crane is a uh, is a is a bit of a like soft conservative figure. That might be true, but he's very like accepting of people sure. and doesn't like. I'm sure he Fraser's not for the Second Amendment kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, into the actual box office here. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, came in at number one with $32.2 million. More on that in a minute. Cocaine Bear opened at number two with 23. Cocaine. Jesus Revolution opened from? at number three with 15.5. Avatar The Way of Water came in at number four with 4.7. And Puss in Boots The Last Wish came in at number five. It's from New Girl. With 4.1. Cocaine. Maybe from New Girl? That sounds like something Schmidt would say. There, there's a whole bit where Schmidt um, is afraid that he's racist or something, or, or Winston doesn't have any black friends, something like that, and Schmidt's like, I would never want to keep you from being yourself. And 
And he's like, well, you know, growing up in the hood as I did. <laughs> she was like, I know. And he goes, there's nothing that we liked more than uh, crack. And he goes, I will get you that crack. And they go th- they, they go into the projects and stuff. And okay. It's very fun. But I think he would say crack cocaine. Sure. That sounds right. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumadia, made yeah. uh, $32.2 million, a 69.7% drop up to 167.3. And Brian, I'd like at this time... Bloop. Thank you. Uh, to introduce a, <laughs> a, a, a very short call and response okay. segment here. Uh, so when I say oof, I'd like you to respond with magoof. Ready? Mm-hmm. Oof. Magoof. Oof. Magoof. <laughs> Wonderful. Well done. Uh, take it away. All right. So, yeah, it's a big fucking drop. Uh, I think that it's coming off a holiday weekend. Turns out that didn't help it, as I thought, maybe. But no, um, it is, in fact, just a... But here's the thing. It's not well-reviewed. Not a lot of people like it. And it has no buzzy elements. People don't care about Kang yet. Like, this would be if, like, in, like, um, Thor the Dark World, Thanos was, like, a major... They were like, Thanos is in this movie. Right. You're like, well, who the fuck is Thanos? We have never... We, you know, he was on that show... Well, a lot of us didn't watch that show. <laughs> he appeared in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, this is the worst drop uh, for the MCU, just beating uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which, of course, opened with, like, $250 yeah. million. You're, al- you're allowed to drop 65-plus percent when you open with a, a, an enormous yeah, amount of Yeah, and also, I'm pretty sure that was the... I'm going to double-check, because... That was over the holidays, so I wonder if um, the Friday or Saturday fell on Christmas Eve, which we all know is uh, a slow movie-going day. So sure. that would also account for it. And also that movie ended up making $800 million domestic, so it was all fine in the end. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Christmas Eve was on December 24th, so... Um, no, that's the same thing. Christmas Eve was on December 24th. La- the year that it came out, Christmas Eve was on the 24th. Uh, That's crazy. Christmas Eve was what on are the odds? 24th was the f- next Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this is a bad drop. I looked up a uh, comp. Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice dropped 69.1 in weekend two. Uh, yeah, this just didn't work. And I remember last weekend I said, like, we don't all have to go running for the hills when Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania doesn't make 300 million domestic, but if it doesn't make 250, we can have some uh, concern. And yeah, I don't think it's getting to 250. Uh, (laughs) I think that this has a decent shot at matching the second movie's 215. And I think that they'll just, and if it can get to half a billion worldwide, I think that Marvel can just kind of wipe this one away. And I think that they've already, kind of looked internally and gone, okay, so what what do we need to do to get this to, to, to kind of fix what's happening yeah. here? They moved the Marvels back to work on post-production. I hope that they're just going to start completing scripts before they shoot their movies. That would be nice. Um, and the brand will be fine. Uh, it's, you know, you can't make 31 movies and have all of them be the be- the biggest and best things ever. Yeah. So if we had to get uh, a stumble, better that it's on the third Ant-Man as opposed to 
the first Shang-Chi or the introduction of a character or the second Black Panther, which is like a, a big, you know, property stumbling. Right. This is like a third, this is like a fourth rate character. No offense to Paul Rudd. He's perfect for the role, but it's a fourth rate character as far as popularity and, and name recognition. And it's his third movie. So yeah, this is fine. If this is the, the way that this goes, this is like the perfect movie for this to happen. In. Yeah. Um, Still is, like, crazy high. I do want to point out with your Batman v Superman comp, that movie opened to $166 million, Sure did. Which is a big number. And while this was the highest opening Ant-Man movie, mm-hmm. like, $100 million is just not a big number for a major superhero release to open to. Uh, and so that's, that's, that's such a big drop. Let's play. You're, let's you're play right, you're right here that the stumble... Is like well positioned. Couldn't have happened to a better movie. But uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> a more fortuitous. But movie. like this is, this this is pretty notable. Yeah, I think it's notable, and it's going to get crushed the next few weeks because I really do think Creed is going to do something. The first one opened to like tw- they they both. The first two opened over Thanksgiving through a five day opening. I think one was like twenty eighth, the second was thirty five for yeah. the traditional three day. Um. I think Creed 3 could easily match 35 this weekend. Uh, in it, At the same point, Ant-Man, the first one, had opened to 57, which checks our math as half the right. opening. Sure. And after its second weekend was at 106. This is at 167, which is not half. No. It's two-thirds. Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp opened to 75, so three-quarters. Yeah. And after its second weekend, Ant-Man and the Wasp was at uh, 133. So you see, we're kind of, we're, we're doing, that also dropped 62. Sure. Um, but what did that open against July? Oh, it had no competition. Um, yeah, it's just not a big character. I, you know, yeah. I th- it would be interesting if what they do with Ant-Man going forward, they of course released some info of, like, you know, they're already talking about a fourth movie in a few days leading up to it, which is always a sign of... It's always kind of a desperate ploy to be, like, you know, right before it comes out, going, and we're making more, and people... You expect people to go, like, oh, they must love the movie. They're yeah. so excited. Um, give you a last breath of, of some nice word of mouth. But I really think... That, look, Endgame's on. I'll put that on. Um, I just really think that... Uh, Ant-Man, it sh- should continue. Why not? Maybe it's better suited for Disney+. Plus. Maybe like a six-episode. He does a different heist every episode. Let's get back to our little, like, low-key, uh, low-stakes roots. Yeah, I think. Th- that is that is necessary. Low stakes and good, and then... That's what I would it. like. All right. Next. Cocaine Bear opened in the number two spot with 23 million. I really didn't think this would hit. I, I uh, reviews are oh, the the re- tomato drop is plummeting. It's at seventy. It's a very film Twitter uh-huh. movie where they're like, "This is gonna be the best movie ever." It's like, right. why? Because it's got a weird name. You dumb. I just like I hate that kind of aspect of it where it's just like, it's crazy. It's a bear on cocaine, and it's called just cocaine bear. What? That's so funny. Um, and I was was like, I don't know if this is going to translate to mainstream audiences at all. Uh, it's R-rated. We just had a bunch of R-rated thrillers with uh, Megan knocking the cabin. Yeah. Um, all universal, by the way. 
And then when I checked for our tickets on Thursday, it was like pretty crowded. And I said, oh, maybe that's just the film Twitter part just getting out early. Sure. But yeah, this, this, this strikes me as like a really great number. It made decent money. Here's, here's your issue. It did go up on uh, Saturday, which means uh, either word of mouth or more, um, more realistically, just uh, uh, <clears throat> general moviegoers. Yeah. Going to see it, uh, just like, hey, let's go on Saturday. Um, B minus cinema score, which is tough. Okay. Uh, but which makes sense because the movie's not very good. So that's fine. But um, it's one of those movies where someone will leave the theater and they go, how was it? And you, I could see like an average movie girl going, like, oh, it was okay. Some cool kills, though. Yeah. And that might be enough to get that person, oh, cool kills, you know? Yeah. It looked funny, and he says there's cool kills, so maybe I'll give it a shot. Very similar to the Transformers thing. Everyone's like, why is Transformers doing so well? Critics hate it. I'm like, because all the critics are saying, like, yeah, it's just wall-to-wall action. It's huge special effects. Robots beating the show each other. And the audience is like, okay, well, that's what I want. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So we're telling them that it's giving them what they want, and then they go. So I'm, I don't know. That yeah, could be pe- a situation. People want the movie about a bear on cocaine, and the title promises them that, and then yeah. they, it delivers that. They might be surprised at how there's a bunch of... Um, kind of sequences of a of, of decent amount of time where there's no bear in the movie. Sure. And instead is some sort of a family drama or another. But uh, that's because it's a low-budget film. I'm going to look up the budget for Cocaine Bear. I just uh, I, I think that it's a great opening. I, I think that My Favorite Studio deserves all the credit in the world. Universal, Violent Night is about to cross 50. Megan's uh, uh, over 90. Knock at the Cabin's going to get over 40. They're putting their money behind... The trailer for Strays was playing before. They're putting their money behind original, low-budget, low-budget, commercially sellable content. And that's what you have to do. And it's it's very nice to see, in my opinion. Um, These are original films being funded. This was like 30 to 35 million. So... And the money is all on the screen. It's a low-budget movie, and, like, there's a lot of special effects in it. Um... So this is a great opening. This is really nice. I'm interested to see how it'll hold. It's, it's again, we're hugely crowded March, hugely crowded. But we'll see. Even if it drops uh, considerably, we're still probably looking at a, a, a total over forty, and that's pretty great. I could see a world where twenty three was just what this made total. Sure, it opened to eight, and it just dropped hard, and it made twenty three total. So yeah, I I completely agree. Big win. I number three was the opening of Jesus Revolution mm-hmm. made fifteen and a half million dollars despite that title. Yeah, A plus cinema score, which tells you all you need to know about the people who saw it. Yeah, um, they were Christians. Is it a true story based on the book? So yeah, and I, I think it's at least like is based on a true story in that like there was a. Uh, a sort of movement in California at that time. Do you know who originally signed on to play Kelsey Grammer's role? I can't say that I do. He was your second favorite part of uh, your favorite Ed Helms movie that I can't think of the name right now. Oh, God. Uh, What's your favorite Ed Helms movie? The one you love to bring up. Oh, I... Well, the one I love to bring up is Chappaquiddick. Right. And who was the the second... Your second favorite actor, aside from Ed 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 Woods, Ed Helm. Who was I, that? God, who else was in that film? I. 
There's a comedian by the name of Jim Gaffigan. Oh, oh. Who was originally going to play the Kelsey Kramer part. Oh. And that would have been different. Interesting. Because I can't see Kel- I can't see Jim Gaffigan playing the uh like serious cremogeny pastor. No, I I can't say that I've ever seen that sort of side of his range. Okay, you know what? I can <clears throat> click on these names, so it is a true story. Yeah, I can click on the people they All played. right. Uh, Chuck Smith. All right. But yeah, I don't know. It's not getting good reviews. It has like 54 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like getting okay reviews. And this is just, it's not surprising. This has happened a lot right before the pandemic. They, um, advertise in the Midwest, uh, extensively. Oh, they, um, sell to church groups they get church group outings and and so here you go nice number and um a nice sign of a marketplace recovery this is very pre-pandemic this movie making 15 alongside cocaine bear making 23 behind the superhero movie that is still number one so it is nice to see it's encouraging i agree even if we're probably not going to see that movie uh, coming in at number four was Avatar The Way of Water, which made $4.7 million, a 28.2% drop. It's up to 665.3. Yeah, I really have nothing here. It didn't pass anything. It's just uh, yeah, 700's no longer part of the equation here, but 680 could be. Um, well, I'll tell you what is next on the list. For it to beat, it's still chasing Titanic in one of these, and Titanic only made... Less than a million this weekend. So it has eight million more to get past Titanic domestically. Okay. Which is where it will And then uh and then thirteen million more before Infinity War goes down. Okay. And that's where it will stay. I do think it will get to both of those. Oh yeah, but, I, but I agree. That's where it will stay worldwide, which will be at number seven. And then uh, domestic, that'll be number seven. And then worldwide, it's already in third place. It's not getting to Endgame. Um, it needs like 500, 400 million more dollars. Not going to happen. Yeah, that's that's a little too many. <laughs> not going to happen. It can make 15 million. But uh, several hundred. We started to level off, and I could see just like 4 million next week, and then 3.8 million just like very slow. Although, we're going to get a lot of movies that start to take up. Premium screens. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. And then coming in at Creed's number five. Creed's IMAX, by the way. It was shot for IMAX. Oh, cool. Shot for IMAX. That's yeah. exciting. Uh, number five was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which made 4.1. A 22.8% drop is up to 173.4. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Kind of the same deal as Avatar. Like, what What more is there to say? This is weekend 10. Yeah. Still, still chugging along, doing its thing. It's creeping up on 450 worldwide, and it'll definitely get to 180. Uh, domestic, and that's nuts. So we'll talk about it that it when it gets there more in depthly. All right, all right, Noah, what do you got? Let's do some games. Love that. It's time to play. In fact, everyone's favorite games. Did, Did it, it make, make more or, or less than? than we all know how to play. I named three movies. You list them in order. Which one made more and which one's made less at the box office? For a bonus point, you can tell me. The year in question, all three movies come out the same year. One of the movies opening weekend totals within $3 million. 
and a different movie's final gross, also within three million dollars. Are you ready to play? Yeah. All right, coming off a uh, coming off a decisive win for me last week. Your three movies are Florence Foster Jenkins, Money Monster, and Ouija: Origin of Evil. Did we just do Florence Foster Jenkins somewhere? I I don't know. It's fine. Don't think so. Those are all pretty close. Ouija: Origin of Evil. So that's the second one. Uh, yes. I'll go There's with only been two of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all in the forties, I think. Money Monsters last. And um Oh, you're really hurting me here. We'll go with uh, Florence and then Ouija. So you're going Florence most, Ouija middle, and Money Monster least? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ouija is correct. Uh, Florence and Money Monster are actually reversed. Money Monster... Oh, so Florence is the least made? Yes. Okay. Alright. Do, uh, do you have a shot of the year here? Oh, 2015. Um, right? It is 2016. Damn it! Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, what opened to what? Let's see. Money Monster opened to 14. That is exactly right. 14.7. And let's say... The total for Florence Foster, which is the third one, it was last. Yes, that came in last. Was 42. I... No, that was uh, way too way too high for Florence. Oh I, dear! Florence Foster Jenkins made twenty-seven million. Oh, it was not one of her little hits. Oh no! no. I, yeah, here I try. I, I actually I tried to space these out a little more than I did last week. Uh, Money Monster uh, was the most, made forty-one million. Uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, right in the middle, made thirty-five, yeah. and then Florence Foster Jenkins made twenty-seven. Wow. Okay. All right, so that one, that one, that one was close. That was a a point win in my favor, but a lot of a lot of tight uh, a lot of tight guesses there. Uh, so we're starting to starting to calibrate this game a little a little better. Maybe maybe gone a little too far in the difficult direction, but we're getting there. I uh, now come and gone from a theater near you, Brian. Are you ready to go back in time? Yes. To 2017. Uh, this is week eight, February 24th. One movie opened this weekend. 2017. Yes. February something. 24th. Yes. 2017. Lego Batman. Uh, no, you're off by two weeks there. Give me a hint. Uh, very important movie for this year. Oh. Beauty and the Beast. Uh, no, much more important than that. That is not out yet. It's important for that year. Yeah. Black Panther? No. I... That had already come out. Or no, that was out the next year? No, that was out, right? Black I Panther? I think that's a 2018 18. thing. All right. I, Deadpool 2. No, this is a Deadpool. completely original film. But it's John Wick chapter? No, it's not. No, completely original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's super important. Yes. I... 
the most important film of by a, by a lot of uh, a lot of measures the most important movie of the year. What are you talking about? 2017. Was among it our seven... favorites. Was it Moon- Moonlight? No. That was the year prior. Oh, they... get out. Get yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Uh all right, 34. 33. Yeah. 33.3. Right right on the nose there. Yeah. God, that was good. That was very good. Very exciting time when Get Out came out. Yeah, it was like, oh, this movie looks like it could be fun. Little did we know, the birth of a movie making star. He sure was, uh, and also a, a an acting star as well. That was that was, that was pretty much Kaluuya's uh, big oh, debut, yeah. wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, nothing uh, nothing much else came out. Rock Dog, remember Rock Dog, the dog that rocks? No, I. <laughs> let's see. Is it animated? Yeah. Oh, An- okay. animated movie about like a dog that lives in the mountains but wants to become a rock star so it like meets up with the reclusive rock legend who's a dog and he's a rock dog sounds awful uh it opened 11th three million dollars jk simmons luke wilson and eddie izzard yeah the little cellular movie you know it. uh that's uh that's pretty much it that's going on at uh, on that weekend all right so get noah it's time to put a little hurt on some of uh the movies that came out in 2022. Terrific. In a thing. Remember what we call this? I Yes. Yes, I certainly do. Go ahead. This is uh, Opod That Sucked. Nine, baby. Nine. Wow. I think for next year, and I'm going to say it on the pod, uh, I think for next year it's going to be our 10th year of doing these things. Yeah. I say we do uh, a couple of, a special thing leading up to it. Okay. Where... Um, in like the three weeks before we do B-sides, we do the 10th anniversary B-sides. And we go through the categories that we have, you know, like the ones we're doing now. Uh-huh. And we pick like the three best of those. Okay. All right. And we rank our choices. Or we come to a, con- a decision and we do that for the worst movies that we've seen in the 10 years. We do that for the best movies. The 10, like the 10 best movies... That we saw in those 10 years. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. See? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, oh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. You know, it's not hard is uh, picking which movies suck. Now, it, it used to be a very popular thing to discuss uh, bad movies. Right? Yeah. Rag on movies. People used to love the Razzies. And then uh, uh, bullying became unpopular. I don't know why. Um and people got more sensitive. No, you, you you talk about this all the time, how people are too sensitive now. I do. And PC culture. and Terrible. Um, and it's it's true. It's not. It's fallen out of fashion to rag on movies. And prob- I, I think it should. Every movie in, in and of itself, in not just the Christian ones, is a miracle that it's made. Financing, you know... 200 people working on one thing to make it cohesive that even if it sucks, it's pretty crazy that it was made at all. And, yeah. and they're all trying their best. Yeah. For the most part, they're all, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of movies people are phoning it in, but yeah, Maybe. it's, it's a group of artists trying to make something good and they don't. So it's, it, it is not super fun to rag on them. Having said that, we do have to talk about it. <laughs> Um, we're not doing 10 of the worst movies of the year, but I do want you to run down, uh, just the names of the, the ones, the f- uh, 10 through six, 
But we are counting down the 10 worst movies of 2022. So far, and I have not included the ones we've seen this weekend. So what what did we watch this weekend? We watched... uh, um, Quiet Girl. Quiet Girl. EO. Argentina, 1985. So three. So I have 144 movies. I'm going to finish with 150. Okay. Once we watch the rest of the Oscar nominees... <clears throat> it's going to be 150 for the year, which which is my most that I've ever seen in a year. Um, how how many are you counting out? Of? I'm at 81 presently. Okay, so there you go. So that we've seen that many movies, and we're picking the five worst ones that we saw. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep. All right, Noah, go ahead. What is your uh, 10 through 6? All right, uh, real quick, and uh, a lot of these have uh, have something to <clears throat> recommend about them. My list doesn't start getting truly bad until the 6 spot. Uh, but 10 through 6 for me is Emancipation, okay. Light Year, Deep Water, Windfall, and Morbius. Okay. Morbius being the uh, the only movie among those, I think, that is truly terrible. Uh, my 10 through 6 are Armageddon Time, Amsterdam, Blonde, Disney's Pinocchio. We've not seen Guillermo del Toro's. Uh, and uh, Jurassic World Dominion sitting in there at number 6. All right. You six. have not seen two of mine. Okay. That's interesting. I've seen three of yours. Two of mine have already appeared in your 10 through 6 list. I, I, You've I'm already s- mentioned one that's in mine I'm as so- one of your 10 through yeah, 6. Yeah, all right. And I'm certain that one of mine is not in there. So All right. So well, let's get it started. No, your your fifth worst movie of 2022. My fifth worst movie is Don't Worry, Darling. Wow, that's I, much higher on my list. Which I think for me is is partially fueled by the extra disappointment of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not consider this ultimately for last week's uh, Girl on the Train Award, just because going in, we already kind of knew that it was going to be bad. But, man, this is a... You know, I, I know that the uh, the film Twitter world is kind of divided on Booksmart. This is a Booksmart-positive podcast. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people that Booksmart think Booksmart Booksmart's saying sucks. best movie of the year, bitch. There, and it's better than Superbad. There Bad. are Fight a me. lot of people that think Booksmart is terrible. Fight me. Better than Superbad. Uh, but, the, yeah, this po- this is a pro-Booksmart podcast. Yes. Uh, so this movie being the follow-up is 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 painful. It's terrible. Uh, the... The plotting of this movie, mo- most of these movies have kind of more fundamental flaws to them. Uh, this one is book down smart. here just because... What do you do with books? You read... Th- and you- reading is... Uh, good. Fundamental. Yes. Which you just said fundamental. I did. I made the connection in my brain. Okay. I wanted to share it. Got, Got it. it. I. <clears throat> yeah, the plotting of this movie is just like so completely ridiculous insane i uh, about just like the twist yeah the, the the twist and sort of the like themes baked into everything yeah uh this movie this movie's take on like what it is to be like a weird incel type person 
I I guess uh, this is going to. We're kind of hinting toward the twist. If you haven't seen, yeah. It. Like if you're looking to watch, don't worry, darling, and you haven't yet. Like you you should have. I yeah, it's been on HBO Max. Yeah, it's it's just a. It it just baffled me that the the whole movie I'm watching it thinking that like the only the only thing this movie has going for it is that a twist will be revealed. Something is afoot here, right. and They're the, ten- the tension is, is happening. The tension is just the mystery box aspect yeah. of it, which is already something I fucking hate. And then it actually gets to what the twist is, and it's just like, good fucking god, that was that was so much worse than I ever could have imagined. Uh, it was just a, re- a really, really unpleasant viewing experience yeah, for me. It, it, it's higher on my list. I admire um, the cinematography. The set design is great. The performances are great. Mm-hmm. Um, some of her direction choices are, are, are camera work is nice. But yeah, it's it's that the the movie doesn't add up. And one of the big things coming out of it that you had brought up is that like there's just the same sequence of events for an hour, which yeah. is... She discovers something weird, and then that's it. And then ten minutes later, something else weird. And it's pretty much the same weird thing that keeps happening. Well, it's that she discovers something weird and then has some <clears throat> sort of weird, like, out-of-body vision experience. Yeah, but there's no building on it. We don't learn no. anything new about what's happening. We just keep having the same kind of... Yeah, then she wakes up the next day and discovers a new happening. weird thing and yeah. then has another vision about it. But, yeah, they don't build on each other. It doesn't go anywhere. No. And it's just a, a series of moments. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's an important thing to bring up here. And then also, yeah, the twist makes no sense, and... Just someone posted the the dinner scene where she confronts him at the dinner yeah. party and was like, if the movie was just this, it'd be great. Like this kind of steak build or whatever. And I just wanted to say, like, why did they give them three meat cutes to discuss? Like, that's crazy. Right. Just all these people and you've like programmed three things to say? Like that kind of thing is, feels very underwritten and lazy and and insulting to the audience um and yeah it's just it's very disappointing yeah it's very bad how about you what's your number five my number five is and by the way the two movies on my list that you have seen i'm confident are going to be on your list as well okay my number five is black adam yeah Great. We can we can just uh, is that your four? Yeah, we can just go right into that. Because that is my four. So uh, the the hierarchy power of <clears throat> the hierarchy of power in the DC universe sure did change, but it wasn't Dwayne Johnson ruling the land. It was James Gunn wiping everything out. Yes. Um, and he should have because this movie, which The Rock had said is his passion project, and what he's been building toward for 15 years and the character that he's most wanted to play. Um, it took 15 years to make this movie that feels like it was put together in about 20 minutes. The plot is so subpar and lackadaisical and lazy and the performances are uninspired. He's fine. The villain is the same villain we've seen over and over again. The sidekicks don't work. The comic relief is the Adam Smasher... His Adam's moving too fast, so he's hungry. He's just got a bucket of chicken at one point. Like, the little kid, it all is things that we've... It is all things we've seen before, done so much better and more competent, and just... This is just a huge labor of love that you cannot tell an ounce of on the screen at all. 
you can't tell anyone in this movie wanted to be making it. Yeah. Yeah. And all of that is absolutely true. It's also the fact that this, like so many of these sort of standalone superhero entries these days, feels like everyone involved in making it is already looking ahead to the next thing. Oh, yeah. Like, we're not making a Black Adam movie because it's good and we have, like, thoughts and we want to do it. We're making a Black Adam movie so that we can make Black Adam versus Superman. Right. And then, like, Black Adam can appear in Justice League 2 or right. whatever. Uh, and that is, I mean, the the sort of, uh, that working out for Marvel just doesn't, as much anymore because they're they've lost a lot of momentum and but in its in its heyday marvel could kind of get away with that a little bit and it's like yeah this movie's whatever but like once this character starts showing up in the avengers and stuff that's more fun and like we like this person there is no broader framework even before james gunn kind of came in and wiped everything out like there just there isn't something to build towards they're, we're not looking at like, oh man, when Black Adam shows up in Justice League Two, right? Uh, and so it just kind of feels like a movie to nowhere. It's just it's just a black hole of like this movie doesn't really exist, and also it's not in service of anything else. And then it definitively is not because while it was coming out, James Gunn was like, yeah, this is all, this is all done. Uh, doesn't bode well, I think. Just a little aside, we talked about this already, but Shazam Two. For them, for no. them to kind of try to come out and be, can you imagine if like right before Ant Man and the Wasp came out, uh, Marvel was in complete disarray and like JJ Abrams War, had come in and Finney was War like bombed. Yeah, yeah. it's like we're canceling all of it and starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. But like, we already made Ant Man and the Wasp, so yeah. like, go see it, please. They have four movies that they made. They have, I know, and they have and they have Shazam, Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman. Yeah. At least Flash and Aquaman They're have like, tier, like yeah. they ha- they have gravitas to them, and Blue Beetle is probably so small that like people won't really notice. But like this is a sequel to a thing we already did. People know that this is this is part of what's not coming back. Uh, not not really the be- the best way to get people excited. Uh, yeah, Black Adam was really really truly terrible, and I think that it's just. It hurts his legacy. He, he he hypes his projects so much and talks about how special they are that when they don't work, there's just like, well, well it just looks really bad. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, The the Rock is serviceable in certain... Uh, Certain projects, it's comedy. Does it's well. comedies or it's self-effacing. Yeah. Or Hobbs is like a joke. Yeah. You know that we're all in on. Yeah, it's it's a joke, but also it's like really leaning into yeah. his qualities as the Rock. Him where like playing like like Black Adam is just so straight laced. Yeah, and like Skyscraper is just a normal guy, and it just doesn't work. It's like you're not a normal guy. Yeah, like the the Rock is a dick, and he's. I, I mean, like his 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 wrestling his character. persona, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Rock is is rude and crass, and like we like him because he's funny, uh, and because he's being a dick to people who are bigger dicks generally. But like he's not just like, he's not just like a hero. Uh, and that's and that's what makes Hobbs work is that he's really playing into a lot of the Rock's characteristics. 
and then he's just like a dick that's going to beat you up, but he's going to beat up uh, the Shaw brothers, so it's fine because yeah. they're worse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have just like the white meat baby face good guy in him, and he doesn't have certainly doesn't have Black Adam in him because there was no personality to that at all. No. I uh, so that was my number four. So now we're uh, we're straight we're straight back to you on the list. All What's right, your number four. Well, you mentioned it earlier. It is Morbius. Yeah, um, a film that is just uh, so inconsequential. I think is a good word for it. Yeah, um, Jared Leto is just done. Like we're. I think I'm just entirely over anything about Jared Leto. And Matt Smith's having a great time. You gave him a B-side, and I completely uh, second that. I think it's a good choice, and he's very—he's the best part of the movie. The movie makes no sense. It's clearly done through reshoots. The climax is just a bunch of bats flying around, and you can't see anything, and then the guy dies, and at the end, she gets turned into a vampire, I think. We never really mention it again. Um, and then the credit sequence is just insane, like Michael Keaton shows up and Morbius <laughs> yeah. Morbius is like, uh, well, who are you? And he's like, I think we should get a Spider-Man. And Morbius is like, oh, yeah. It's like, what? You know about him? What are you I, talking about? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's crazy. The movie makes no sense. It's stupid. It was clearly just butchered in the editing room. And it's just really bad uh, filmmaking, and and I don't know if it was studio interference or what, but um, and I'm not even saying there's a good movie in there, but there's an R-rated version of this that's darker that we didn't get to see, and it really shows. Sure. I Truly one of the most, like, what are we even doing here movies. At least with Black Adam, you can tell, like, they want to make Black Adam versus Superman. That is what we are working towards. And, like, Black Adam... Seems like it could be a good vehicle for The Rock, who is, quote-unquote, the biggest movie star we have, uh, whatever. I, Morbius has none of that. Nobody knows who Morbius is. Jared Leto is not a draw. Uh, this is, he's, not, he's not like a big Spider-Man villain, so at least it's like, oh, we're... We're getting the we're getting the Craven the Hunter movie, who's like a mid-level Spider-Man villain. But my my litmus test here is kind of like I've consumed a lot of Spider-Man content in my life, and I've heard of Craven the Hunter, and I think he's kind of cool. And I've never heard of Morbius at all, and I suspect that most people have consumed less Spider-Man content on average than I have. Right, and they certainly don't know who Morbius is no, either. Morbius. So the why why man. why even start? All right, number three. Number three, Elvis. <laughs> Here it is. I, wow, I can't believe you found two movies that you hated more than Elvis. Oh, yeah, they're, I mean, they are uh, They are both winners. You know what? Now I don't know if the only other one that you have seen is, is on my list is on your list. I, I, I it's, it's not, I'll tell you that. Wow! I, I really want to know and what it is. And it's my worst movie of the it's year. Like, did I forget about it? It's my Maybe. worst movie of the year, too. I have, I have forgotten about things. I realized recently that I did not actually have... Uh, Downton Abbey on this list, uh, so it's possible that I just saw a terrible movie and forgot to log it. I'll show you my list at the end of uh, our best, uh, our best of, and you can okay. see if you've missed any movies. Sure, I, because yeah, my last two are in your six through ten. I yeah, Elvis, a is just a complete and total mess of terrible excess. It is 
a boilerplate uh, cradle to grave musical biopic, which is uh, among my least favorite things in the world. On top of that, it is just the most frenetic and quick cutting and I just bloated piece of nonsense I've seen in a very long time. Uh, Austin Butler might be giving a good performance in this movie. Uh, the movie served him so poorly that I cannot tell. Uh, Tom Hanks is most likely giving a pretty bad performance in this movie. I but I, I think again, the, the movie actually works to his favor. Cause like, I can't really tell that's just like, you keep doing that. And like, it's a, it's a bit making fun of him, but then you're like, no, I, I think he's good in it. I, I do, but that, but like it said without, it said with love, but the bit making fun of him is true. He's doing, he's saying a silly thing. But that's thing the a persona. Lot. That's not, I'm, that's what the guy says. The captain general. What's yeah. the, who the hell was he? Uh, he was, admiral? Yeah, he was the colonel, colonel, I think. And then the admiral by I'm the end. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the editing in this movie I uh, is really what I what like I want to focus in on because I truly just hate the and whole thing. And it might thing. win it, but I, <laughs> whoa! Let me see what the gold derby has for winning editing. I uh, it does not allow anything, even like a moment of artificial emotion, to breathe. There's not there's not a single emotional beat in this movie that lands or is given any sort of runway to try to land. I. Uh, it's just a just a complete and total mess, and I, I really, I really, really hated it, and I don't ever want to watch it again, and I won't. I and it might win editing. Um, no. Even even for it to be nominated for editing, it's not. No, the, is, everyone pretty much has it at three or four. Okay, all right. Top Let's, Top Gun and everything everywhere. I haven't seen one. No one. No one picked it. All right, I'll take that because no one's gonna remember what won editing or what got nominated for editing. So fine, but that nomination is a travesty. All right, my number three: Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Um, I got the gist of this movie. I did show you a bunch of it. And what'd you think? Uh, It seemed bad. You know. It has some decent kills. The kill in the car is fun. Uh, the kill I like the kill on the bus. You didn't, but I no I like no the kill I, on the bus. I, I, I didn't care for the bus scene. Maybe because I maybe because it's just like something happened. Uh, the movie is is strange. It's about a group of millennials who are going to buy an old town and turn it into a trendy living area. And I'm just thinking, oh, are they like bad people for doing this? Yes, I guess. But like. No one lives there. It's yeah. just an unused town, but I think it's just because they're millennials and they want to turn it into, like, you know, Lululemons that everyone, that they deserve to die. Uh, go ahead. You're saying... You uh, no, say I think it's just... I think I think it really is worth remarking on the premise of that movie, which is just, like, not a thing that happens. Right. It's just like, what, what are you talking Bunch of TikTokers. about? TikTokers. Yeah, like, four... four 24 year olds decide they're going to buy a town and we're going to buy a into a community a like town what? that's like 60 miles away from everything in texas and everyone's <laughs> going to want to come there that is not that is not something that is not based in reality in any way uh, go, so go, they go, go and they try to displace uh leatherface's mom she dies of a heart attack and uh 
Or because she signed the papers or she didn't or something, and they're like, well, you got to go. She has a heart attack, dies, and then Leatherface kills them all. This movie doesn't understand Leatherface. And it was part of what I showed you, which was there's a scene, uh, almost my least favorite scene, that goes on forever where one of the characters is trapped under a bed. Uh Uh-huh. And Leatherface is stalking the house, walking very carefully and slowly and menacingly and waiting and looking. And my problem with that is that's not what Leatherface does. In my my opinion, and we've seen Texas Chainsaw a bunch, yeah. Leatherface is a brute force who doesn't know anything different, right? Right. He runs, he screams, he sees you and he grabs you. He's yeah, not he's, a- he's not peering around doors, he's not slowly stepping so he can hear people. He doesn't think that way. He's a product of incest and abuse. He just attacks and if you're not in a room in my opinion he runs out of that room and looks in a different room he's not going wait a minute something's different yeah here. no he is a he is a deranged four-year-old child except he's like six eight three hundred yes. pounds so um it doesn't understand him and that's insulting to us and to the legacy of the character and just you can't make a movie with a character as iconic as Leatherface and get him entirely wrong and then expect me not to put you on this list. Yeah. Uh, that is devoid of scares and everything like that. There was a world in which, like, a different take on Leatherface was interesting in that movie. Because the, the, whole, the whole premise of the first Texas Chainsaw, and I am not at all versed in the franchise as a whole, uh, but the first movie is how he is a... He is a boy that has grown up under this horrible, abusive influence of his father and grandfather and brother, uh, and they have turned him into this sort of uh, frenetic killing blender machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then maybe this movie is a take on like, well, now he has been spending all this time with his mother, who is uh, you know crazy in her own way. But is a more uh, a more nurturing force on him, and so has turned in turned him into a different kind of monster. Uh, that that could be interesting. Sure, there there is the the broad strokes of a premise there. The movie doesn't ever do anything with that, but it could have happened. I uh, so now we're on to my number two. Yeah, uh, which is Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, I figured once you said they were in mine, I I, I yeah yeah I, I know uh, what your two are the. Just the the most fucking like cynical IP kind of movie in the world. I really like. It took me a long time to remember what happened in this movie. I remember the experience of watching it, and like I have like flashes, bits and pieces of like you know the scene, the scenes at the beginning where they're trying to uh, rescue the dinosaurs, like Bryce Dallas Howard and her group yeah. of uh, of eco freedom fighters. Yeah. I, and then like I remember it, I remembered very late. They're like, oh right, Sam Neill and Laura Dern are back. Yeah, and they go on a secret mission where they dress up in hazmat suits. Yeah, and there's a thing about locusts. Yeah, the this this is another movie where it's just like the the basic fundamental nature of the plot is is complete nonsense. That this this fucking one of my bigger issues, and I'm gonna say it again. I've said it a couple times. Yeah is that um, the dino DNA was sold to a company called the Biosyn. Yes. Who then, it turns out, manufactured locusts to destroy 
crops that are not made by biosyn. Yes. Thus depleting the world's food supply and making the world rely on their um, product. Yeah. So Laura Dern goes to a crop uh, who's having an issue. She catches a thing and she goes, "Why didn't isn't your neighbor's crop destroyed?" And he goes, "Well, I, we we you." Uh, we we use organic. They use biosyn crop. I don't know if that means anything to you. And then she looks at the 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 locust that they caught, and she goes immediately. There's dinosaur DNA in this thing. And then she goes, "No." She goes, "We have to find proof." I'm like. You have so much proof. <laughs> it really does seem like an open and shut case. <laughs> the one company that has any dinosaur DNA on Earth is the only is, is the company that for some reason these locusts won't attack. Is unaffected by the dinosaur and is like given a great boon. Come uh, on now. Yeah, like you no lawyer in the world can stand up and be like, I don't know, it's all circumstantial. And they'd be on, like, well, man. It's, they said they didn't do it. But when they go undercover, and I'm just looking at, at uh, Sam Neill, and I forgot their characters' names. Yes. And Laura Dern. Alan Grant. And? Uh, Malcolm. Dr. I'm, Ian Malcolm. Oh. And what see, is Laura it's Dern? A, it's a real shame that we don't know her name. Yeah. I, I'm looking it up. Yeah, Allie. I'm, Allie. Allie? Ellie? Ellie. Ellie? Sadler. Yeah, Ellie there. Sadler. Anyway, we're Alan Grant and Ellie Sadler back together since Jurassic Park 3, although they didn't share the screen together in that movie. So back since Jurassic Park 1, are going undercover. In, they're doing like a little fun heist. And I'm like, what is this movie? These are scientists who run from dinosaurs. They're not spies. Yes. Why is there a caper? Go ahead. I... The the whole of the Chris Pratt Bryce Dallas Howard thing where their 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 clone daughter has been kidnapped and also the baby of Blue the Raptor has been kidnapped and so Chris Pratt has to go rescue his two children. I uh, is well his children and his grandchild. Yes, <laughs> that, that yes indeed. Blue is his daughter I, as well. I, I guess that's true. I. Is is just such a fucking slog. Uh, there's there's just nothing interesting or redeeming about this movie. We are so long past. Like, well, at least the dinosaurs are fighting. Like, this is this is the fuck like eighth movie. Yeah, I guess it's the sixth. There's yeah, this is just the sixth Jurassic movie. Uh, we've we've seen plenty of a T Rex fights a thing that is like a T Rex but worse. I can't believe they're still doing that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, no, now this is the now we have predator. the ultimate yeah. T Rex. Like we did, uh, I, I forget if that happened in Lost World or if there was just like a second T Rex. But then Jurassic Park three had the Spinosaurus, right? Indominus uh, Rex is in World, yeah. And then the third one, it was just like a raptor mixed with the T Rex DNA, yeah. yeah. And now, and now it's like we've got yeah. the ultimate killing and machine. And I again. can't even describe it. Yeah, That's the I, thing. I know what a Dominus it, Rex is, and I know that the Fallen Kingdom has a T-Rex and a Velociraptor in one package. Yeah. And I don't know what the hell is the third one. No, it's just... it. They're all just a T-Rex, but that looks a little different. Yeah. Uh, and a like, little I, meaner. Yeah, and like I get the premise of a T-Rex with Raptor DNA, but on screen, it's just the same shit. It's not doing different things. It's running, and it's eating, and it's clawing, and it's chewing. And it's just... It's ins- it's insane. The movie's to me. not it's like, funny. Well, now. It wastes all of its characters. 
It like also like the action scenes aren't even that well produced. I do like the dinosaurs that they went back to, a lot of um, um, practical. Yeah. But no, it's it's just and I'm I am a fan of World and Fallen Kingdom for its own their own merits and there's none here. Sure. All right. Um, that was also the day that I went in IMAX. This didn't help. But I went to IMAX alone because Katie wanted to see it, and I didn't want to make you go twice. Right. I, <laughs> right. Imagine if imagine if you saw it with one of us, and then I had to go again. Uh, so I sat there alone, miserable. And not only that, it was 100 degrees. This was in the summer. Yeah. And I go to a movie after work. And I'm a big guy, so I'm already hot. Sure. And I go into this theater, and there is no air conditioning. And, I, and it's IMAX. And I go, what the shit is going on? So I go, I think I can just handle it. I can just sit here. I don't want to like complain to the big fat guy going, I'm hot. Turn the thing down. Everyone's like, we're very comfortable. I don't know if that's true. It's just what in my head. But I'm, I, after about 10 minutes of waiting for the movie to start, I'm like, this is two and a half hours. I'm not waiting for this. So I walk out and I go, it's really hot in theater one. And the guy goes, we know. We just turned on the air conditioning. It's going to take a few minutes for it. It's a big theater to fill the thing. And I wanted to be like... You just turned it on. It's 100 degrees outside. The one thing we come to... to movie, movie theaters had a big boom in the 50s and the 40s because they were one of the only places where you could be in air conditioning because it was yeah. not a household thing. And you're not turning it on in 100-degree heat? And then I had to watch that awful movie for two and a half hours. Anyway, that didn't help, no. but it didn't make my, my bottom five. Uh, what did come in at number two for you? Though? Uh, we talked about it last week, the bubble, my, uh, ah, my yes, girl yes, in the yes, train yes. award, uh, Judd Apatow, uh, broad comedy, big ensemble, great, perfect, like Apatow premise or just comedy premise. This almost feels like it should have been like a Rogan Goldberg movie. Okay. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a juicy premise is that a bunch of actors are, uh, in a hotel during lockdown making a movie and they drive each other crazy. Yeah. And this movie was just devoid of laughs. It was devoid of joy, any original ideas. The characters aren't well drawn. They're all kind of mean and ugly and there's no laughs here. And so it being that disappointing makes it the second worst movie of the year. Uh, for me, I just, I, it was just crushing to watch this and go, I like all these people and I like this creative team i don't know how this happened it's, uh, it's very crazy to see it far, fall uh, that low i do you. know how my number one happened uh, yeah, i let's I'm, i'll do mine i'm i'm because so you, curious I, you, I, you're you're gonna go off more on yours than i'm gonna go off on mine okay so i'll just i'll do mine uh my number one is a movie that uh it should just be pure camp and entertainment and isn't it should be a movie that should just be a grand old time, and it isn't. Uh, it should be a movie that doesn't matter, that doesn't make sense, and yet it matters entirely. It's a movie that's um, lacking in creativity and coherence, and even just a basic understanding of what makes a movie interesting, and it is Roland Emmerich's Moonfall. Yeah, that's not, that's not, that's not ranked for me at all. <laughs> that certainly would be on my list, good <laughs> lord. I, I, I did... I feel now that you've said that out loud, I feel like I have previously come to the revelation that oh my god, Moonfall was a 2022 yeah, movie. Yeah, sure was. Came out in January. Uh, it's over a year old at this point. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Well, you you talk about Moonfall for a little while. I want to see if I have it uh, if I have it rated and just not on this list, or if I never ranked it at all. All right. So Moonfall is about the moon falling. Boom. Yeah. The premise is so inherently fun 
that what would happen to the Earth if the moon just fell out of orbit and started coming toward the Earth? We'd all be destroyed. How would we handle something like that? And then suddenly, we get a twist where it's not the moon. It's a spaceship, and the moon is aliens, and a bunch of, like, machines from the future. And you're like, what on goddamn hell Earth could this... (laughs) Why is this happening right now? Why is it that it's a bunch of, like, nanochips and... tiny little robot aliens populating the moon. Why is the moon evil? Why is it crashing? Who cares? I mean, it comes with the whole, you know, Roland Emmerich just not... no character development, fine. Yeah. Who cares? But we get... Remember the car chase? They're in, like, Alaska or something, and they're trying to get to this base or something, and they run into... They're in a store or something, and they run into these thugs or something... And yeah, the thugs yeah, chase them or something. Yeah, and there's, there's a the car chase. chase or something. Why <laughs> is there just the literally? I'm not joking. Asteroids are falling to the the sky. There is an earthquake. The Earth is splitting open. It is being destroyed, and we have a car chase with people with guns shooting at other people. Why would this at all be a priority? It just the the it, it's crazy to me to have like the most you know, awe-inspiring bit of danger, which is just like the earth is plummeting around us. Yeah. And then that's not the focus of the danger in the scene. Like, why is there any other conflict right now? It's baffling. And then, of course, we must talk about it. The moon is a computer or something. And they go into Patrick Wilson's memories and they come to him as his, like, dead child. And they explain what happened and that on a distant planet... Or our forefathers, or something. Might have been our forefathers. Let's go with this. I don't remember. Our, yeah, that's our that's... forefathers were on a planet with full of technology, and the technology turned on them. And then they made a break for it. A lot of them died, and they made rest on here on Earth. And then the people found them, or something. The aliens found them, or something. Yeah, and they trapped them in the moon. Yeah, sure. But the whole issue with it is that the whole basic premise is, like, we had these machines that did everything for us, and they were like, you know, like, machine, what's the weather outside? And it's just Alexa. Right. And Alexa turns on, and, like, they enslaved the machines. And it's just, like, this futuristic technology that, like, in the future, we uh, technology goes so far that it turns on us. And, like, you see the world they've created, and it's so futuristic. And then they, and then it's just, it's Alexa. It's what we have here. Yeah. For $99. Like, that's not this grand vision of the future. You just made it like, why was that? How did you go? What is what is the future technology that millions of years from now we're so advanced it finally turns on us? What about if it's a box that tells you what the weather is like outside? We have that now. It just it drove me nuts. It's so bad. It's so unexciting. It's such a wasted opportunity. I hated it. Go ahead. I Yeah, I do want to congratulate Don't Worry Darling uh, because... <laughs> Moon, Moonfall is, in fact, the worst movie of the year. Uh, I did, uh, I did rate it way back when. Just didn't what add did it to you, the list. What did you give it? It's, it's, it's the, it's the lowest possible. Half star. Uh, yeah. It oh, is. so it's the worst movie of the year for you too. Yeah, so you're, the one you're about to say yeah, is number it's, two. It's, it is completely incomprehensible and uh, just boring. Not formed. It's, it's not fully formed. No. Like it is, it is all those things that it's boring and stupid and, uh, and everything that you described, but. 
it's it's just not understandable as a as like the basic framework of a film uh so yeah it is it is in fact number one on both of our lists all right uh the second worst movie of the year was blonde though uh, go off on blonde go off king shocked that it did not make your five uh, no, it's number... I, Disney's Pinocchio I, and Jurassic World are both worse, in my opinion. I guess... And it's because of her performance. It's because yeah, of her performance. I, I guess you think that she gave a good performance in this movie. That's the lot only of, reason. A lot of movies on my list that you're like, well, a person was good in it. That's at least like, something I can watch. Yeah, I can at no, least I, watch a person do something and go, you're very good. That's I, something. I get it. Yeah. I just don't agree. <laughs> I think that Tom Hanks is bad in Elvis... And I think that, well, that's not the Elvis performance that I think. No, is but I, I, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Tom Hanks is bad, and Austin Butler is neutral, and I think Anna Armas is bad and blonde. You sure do. I, I, and you know, I know that you say this a lot. This is not directed at you because everyone says it about this. I, I could not be less interested in how much she looks like Marilyn Monroe. She looks that. So much like it is so boring in, in the to face. Me. In the it face. is so disinteresting that they would just be like, "Wow, we've really recreated this person." Like I, I don't care at all. You have you have to create a singular character who is compelling. I don't want someone to just be a mimeograph of a person that exists. I could just look at a picture of Marilyn Monroe or read a book about her life. If I wanted to learn about the facts of her life as they may be, or in the case of this movie, as I doubt many of them are, I, this both does the biopic thing Mm -hmm. without even including like just information. That's interesting. Like, it still follows her throughout her whole life. Right. And, like, has the events that happened. Like, this is when Marilyn Monroe made the seven-year itch. But at least when you're watching, uh, like, The Theory of Everything or something, or just any, any one of those, like, bland-to-bad uh, biopics, even like Bohemian Rhapsody, they all have moments of just like, oh, that's just, like, an interesting fact about the life of Stephen Hawking sure, or just like an interesting event in his life that was just like, Oh, that's, that doesn't make the movie good, but I, I am very, very mildly enriched for having done that. This movie skips those things and instead fills it with like weird fever dreams about Marilyn Monroe's abortions or about her, uh, her love life or about, these two uh, these two sons of actors that she got into a polyamorous relationship with. Ugh, that was so crazy. It was just such an incredibly long and hazy and just, like, gross movie. I've talked in the past about, like, I don't... I don't object to movies having politics that are, do not align with mine, but... I do object to those politics being handled in such like a weird and insane way. Yeah. Like make, make a, make a movie that is about the sanctity of life. If that is what you feel and believe, but like you have to make a movie. This was just a weird, gross vignette about the sanctity of life that truly made me want to scream and like vomit 
I, and you did both those things. And I did. And yeah, I just, I don't think that Ana de Armas is good. Again, it's not entirely... Remember the JFK scene? Her fault, I do. Uh, it disgusted me. <laughs> I, it's rough. It is rough, man. Yeah, he's he's very rough oh, with no, her. I mean, and like, scene, why do this, we... The scene is yeah, just... Yeah, like, why... What do we what do we get by watching her, right. by being that's, made to experience that's this? That's my whole thing. If she had this terrible life, if that's true, like there's a way to tell it without tarnishing her spirit. Like this movie makes it so that when you're wa- it, tr- it 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 seems like the point of it is that when you then watch her make her iconic films, uh-huh you are supposed to think, but she was having a terrible time and I can't watch it. Why tarnish the legacy of a person? You know what I mean? Like, like this movie, like the, she has a, she, she, you know, she, we, she has a fit during, uh, she's a breakdown. I'll say during uh, some looking hot and, yeah. and everything. And like the guys gawking at her during the, 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 the steam grate thing. What is that doing for her legacy or her image? Like, you can have those moments where she had this... And there have been biopics for years that show hard, hard lives, people with mental illnesses, but they made this work that has given something back to the world. That for all the pain, there's been something art that's been put into the world that's shown a light or helped other people. Yeah. And this is just going, yes, but it crushed her and you're awful for liking it. And you're awful for thinking anything other than this of her. And it's just disgusting. Yeah. 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 Really, really, really terrible. Bad. Terrible stuff. All right. That's enough negativity. Yeah. Let's see. Next (laughs) week. You have anything else to say about Moonfall? You said said something about Moonfall already. All right. Next week, we're going to get into a positive Positivity, because again, movies are miracles. Yes, and we got ten miracles to talk about. We're going to be counting down the ten best movies of 2022. Will your favorites make the cut? I don't know. You haven't told me them, so that's a weird question to ask me. It's back, baby. What's back? Everyone's favorite tournament. The reason that we love it when March comes along. Basketball? No. Stupid. I get that a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, in the past, we searched for the greatest blockbuster of the 2000s. That was great. The greatest blockbuster of the 2010s, the greatest blockbuster of the 90s. Those were both a lot of fun. We branched out and did the biggest flop of all time. I didn't care for that. <laughs> We've come to our fifth tournament, Noah. Something that we're calling... Multiplex Madness. Pronounced with an IP. That's right. We are searching for the greatest franchise of all time. What? Crazy. There's too many of them. What are you talking about? There's a lot. <clears throat> we have some rules. We have some ground rules. A few things are changing. It used to be just movie on movie. Yeah. Not anymore. It's a thing of the past. Franchise on franchise. There used to be only five categories you had to win. That was so many. Not anymore. There's seven. That's staggering. Let's talk about them real quick. We have, of course, best movie. How are we determining this, Noah? So, best movie is just the uh, you know the individual best uh, best entry. You're talking uh, which James Bond movie was the best one. Let's put it up against which Ant Man is the best Ant Man. You know, we've talked a lot about um, 
that there's so many movies we've discussed this. We're going to watch the best and the worst movie of each yeah. of these categories based on Rotten Tomato percentages and Metacritic scores. Yeah, your gen- your general consensus and uh, yeah. So which of those best movies, based on the general consensus, are better? Exactly, it gets you a point. Yeah, quality control. Uh, so this now factors in uh, where we're going to watch the worst movie in the franchise. Mm-hmm. I and just and, general knowledge. Yeah, of exactly. The franchise. Yeah, if if Are we known for good movies, yeah, consistently. If, if you know that this franchise had one good entry, and then the rest Suck. were the sequels to Jaws, then that's, that's right. going to count against you. Hamper, hamper it. K- gross consistency. Yeah, uh, this is a pretty uh, pretty straightforward. You know, again, was this all on the back of one movie? Jaws that's, can still be used. Yeah, that's not an exciting franchise. Or is it uh, like Harry Potter that kind of stayed the same yeah. each time? Never dipped, never really ebbed or flowed. Or is it something even like John Wick that is consistently grossing Correct. more and more? Speaking of which, franchise growth. Yes. How long did it sustain that uphill climb? Is it still on that climb? Did it peak, go down, come back up? What is the growth here? How long did it sustain... It's quality right. and it's it's reputation, which leads us right into longevity. Are people still talking about the airport franchise? No. No. And and also just how, how long did it last? Uh, you know, are they have they been able to revive the franchise and keep it going with new iterations? Which of course brings us to legacy. Yes. What kind of imprint did this franchise make on cinema, on pop culture, on the actors, the actresses, on, on anything? the franchises to come? Correct. And of course, milestones. This is the all-star appearances, the MVP votes. Yeah. This is what do you have on your resume? Any opening weekend record breaks? Any biggest movie? Biggest opening of June? Any? Uh, significant awards won. Any Oscars won. This is what stats are you packing to tell us you're the greatest franchise of all time. Win four of these, move on to the next round. Win enough of them, you're given the working title and crowned the greatest franchise of all time. So, That'll be wh- big. what are we doing here today? So we're going to start. We've broken this down into two sides of the bracket. Yeah, talk, talk about that part, the, yeah. the draft, so how we, the bracket's uh, going to shape we up. Know, we no longer have this broken into uh, into four divisions per side. Uh, this is just our uh, just our two conferences. Uh, we've got adaptations. We've got originals. And then those are going to, uh, yeah, we're going to crown all, all the adaptations on the left. We crown the best adaptation all the originals on the right, mm. and so on and so forth until we get 1v1 at the end. And, and we're so, doing adaptations today. We're doing adaptations today. So our our picking is the... Um, is the seeding, yeah. Seeding, is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. I was eating ice cream. Um, Fair. Understandable. We have a total of 103 movies, franchises... Yeah, lots more movies. That are up for grabs. We're talking about the adaptations based on pre-existing material. Now, some of these are based on articles. Fast and Furious based on an article in a magazine. Yeah. About street racing. Some of these are based on uh, true life events. Batman. 
Some of these are based on uh, books, the Hannibal series, Jack Ryan. Hunger Games. Some are based on TV shows, uh, Mission Impossible. Some are based on cartoons, based on comics, whatever the case may be. We have 56 of them. We're picking 32. Now, I have one, as I think I've done for all of them. Uh, pick the one that ended up winning. So I go first, and I've decided to defer adaptations to you, and yeah. I will pick first in original franchises, which we'll do next week. Um, so you have the first pick, my friend. I now, gotta... We're not going to name all of them. I do want to mention that. There's oh, just yeah. 56 of them. Yeah, that would be insane. But we'll, 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 list, we'll list the stats as we go. We'll tell you why we're taking them. Yeah. I... And I did not realize that you've uh, won every single... Uh, draft. I think of, so, right? Uh, well, the first one doesn't count because we yeah just we, kinda... we didn't draft. I uh, God, that's a uh, that's a good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it at uh, at face value. Oh, I'm looking. Uh, and that's uh, yeah. You know, this has always been sort of like there's no there's no stakes here. There's no real competition between us. It's just sort of a fun exercise. I uh, I now want to win very badly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, let's see. Uh, Multiplex Madness 2000 was Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Which, these are all going to be in my other things. I will find them. This will take two yeah. seconds. Okay. Two seconds. All right. Just wait, Noah. Well, let me, uh, why, don't, why don't I go ahead and make my first pick? No, because just I'm, wait. I'm locked in on it. All right. Because I got it. I'm waiting. That way we're just uninterrupted bit of business. So Multiplex Madness 2000, what ended up winning was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I picked. Okay. Multiplex uh, Madness Forever, picking the greatest blockbuster of the 1990s. Titanic one, I picked that because I picked first. Okay. Um, and then uh, Multiplex Sadness was Gigli, which I know I picked because I looked that up to find out if I went first this time. All right. So, yeah. All right. Well, congratulations on your continued Thank success. You. Uh, it ends now. Okay. Can I? Uh, What's add? going off the board? All right. The first pick oh, uh, overall, overall seed uh, is going to be the Spider Man franchise. Okay. Uh, this is a franchise that has spanned nine films uh, between uh, 2002 and most recently 2021. And there's more to come. Uh, it was actually my third, my fourth, fifth option was Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. All right. Uh, I, th I think this franchise has... Uh, not even a little bit of everything. It has, I think it has a lot of everything. So far, it has made $3.3 billion, 8.3 worldwide. Uh, is just chock-a-block with movies that people love. Uh, a lot of people are going to cite Spider-Man 2 as the greatest comic book movie of all time. Uh, the most recent uh, Spider-Man uh, iteration with Tom no Holland... Yeah, I, I just meant the whole uh, the whole thing, but yeah, oh. No Way Home was a colossal hit. I do want to uh, mention Spider Man. We're doing Spider Man led films. This is an important distinction for franchises. Yeah, no Avengers here. No, we are including into the Spider Verse. That's a Spider Man film, absolutely. But for Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Avengers is its own category. That's it its is. own franchise here. Individual films. There's a lot of team ups. Yes. I uh, no, and it's a it's a good distinction. But I think uh, you know the Ra the Raimi franchise alone would have a claim at a top-tier spot here. Uh, the MCU iteration of Spider-Man is a huge hit. The Spider-Verse thing, that's its own That's mm -hmm. its own little mini huge hit. Strong choice. Uh, and people, people love these movies. They make a shitload of money. 
I, I, I feel very good about Spider-Man at number one. Well, my uh, pick, the second seed, as it is now, is... James Bond. Yeah. 25 movies spanning over... 60 years. This is the 60th anniversary this year of Dr. No. And what else can be said? They've they've made 7.6 billion dollars on a budget of 1.8. You got um, all-time classic films here, iterations of the character. You got Oscar-winning things here, not best picture, but Oscar-winning things. And it's James Bond. It is the one franchise that is automatically ushered to just keep going and going and going until they decide to stop. The longevity of James Bond is huge. I think it is uh, maybe the most unique franchise in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was certainly in my top tier of picks uh, and is a, is a great choice. I, uh, this, is, this is tough because on the one hand, whatever I pick here is going to leave something real juicy for you at four Mm -hmm. but then i'm i feel i feel good about what i have left at three and five so i'm not gonna overthink it too much uh and i am going to take the batman franchise okay i had that uh four below what i have now so that's fine okay i I keep i keep doing that i'm just i'm four down on okay that means that we had different priorities Uh, another nine films uh 1989 to 2022. Yeah, there was one that came out in like the 60s I did not. Yeah, that's fine. I has made, uh, you know, billions of dollars, 2.6 domestic, Mm 5.4 worldwide. And again, is just full of huge hits. Uh, The Dark Knight is one of the singular A lot of record uh, breakers. Batman has broken the opening weekend record more times than any other franchise. The first one, the second one, maybe even the third one. And Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, you've got the original Michael Keaton Batman. You've got The Dark Knight, two movies that will also often be cited by people as the greatest superhero movie of all time. Batman Returns, too. Uh, yeah. Batman Returns is a uh, is a, a good one and a dark horse. You do have horse. a couple stinkers here. Sure. Yeah, that, uh, that does happen. Batman Fame. and Robin, and we are, do have Batman v Superman. He's in the title. He's yeah. half the movie. Yeah, it's it's not a uh, Superman also in Superman's area here y- as well. You have a uh, you have a hard time if a franchise is going to span nine movies. Like, there's going to be some duds. Yes, there's some duds in Spider Man. It's tough. It's tough. And there's some bad James Bond movies, for instance. No, uh, <laughs> but that's true. Yeah, but there's more of them. Yeah, may- maybe the uh, the percentage, but I think that the uh, that's true. The hi- the high bars of Batman. It's a great choice. Are super high. My favorite superhero. I'm sticking in the same realm, Noah. All right. I'm picking superhero. Or should I say superheroes? It's the Avengers. Yeah. Are coming over with me. Four films. Uh, $7.7 billion on a cost of $1.3. i am picking this for the stat sheet, my guy. Yeah. I mean, the first one. Number one opening weekend of all time. Number three film of all time. Infinity War. Number one opening weekend of all time. Became the number four film of all time. Endgame. 
Number one opening weekend of all time. Number two film of all time. Number one film worldwide. I mean, it's just... The stats are staggering and endless for the films. Plus, they're damn good and get better. Well, you know, relative. The last... The quality... Yes. Goes boop, yeah, the, dip, the tr- and then The boom. trend line is up. Yeah. I... Yeah, this... This is what I was talking about. It just it felt silly to have Avengers fall to four. I I think it it's relative lack of longevity is what kind of held me back sure. from like a an absolute top spot. But like those numbers are undeniable. The sort of unique project of the Avengers capping off the like the heyday of the MCU. Every studio in Hollywood. After the Avengers yeah. came out, shakes the connected universe. Yes, I absolutely, absolutely deserving of that pick, and I like. I wish I had it, but again, there's you got to you got to leave some stuff on the board. I right, and I've what's the third superhero franchise you're taking? I now see I'm a, I'm not going superhero. Let's see. I am taking what I consider to be but, the last of my top tier picks here. Okay, I only have two tiers. Okay. And I have one, two, three, four, five. I have seven left ones, and I'm like, these are okay. belong in the conversation. Got it. Go For ahead. me, sorry, I have to uh, locate it on this uh, large and very comprehensively put together, if <laughs> like a bit difficult to navigate spreadsheet. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. No, this is... That Listen, was, I debated how to do it, and if I did it in two columns, it'd be ninety thousand. No, I mean that's long. this was this was this was of course not a critique at all. There's no way to organize all this information. No. Which I could is, have done uh, it by like what movies have th- what franchises have three films, do all those, yeah. and then all four blows. No, like, I'm just saying I th- I th- I think we can both agree through no fault of your own. It's so much. It's it's a bit, it's hard to scroll around. When if you'll notice, if you go to originals, yeah. I kept that to like maybe six move six c- columns. Yeah. And then I was just like, and it's just going to be long. But that way it's not wide. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I uh, learned for the next one. All right. But, what do you got, but baby? primarily great work. And thank you for it. I'm choosing the Harry Potter franchise. That was that's number two left on my list. So OK. Yeah, there you go. Uh, eight movies. Uh, yeah. Ten years. Huge. 2001 to 2011. Uh, $2.4 billion. 7.7 worldwide. Uh, among the most beloved things. Of people's lives, uh, and the consistency have, here is key. Yes, and I, it is. You know, you were pointing out. Uh, I did earlier. Yeah, things earlier. The Fantastic Beast films are not part of this. They pick. are not. They're their own thing, uh, which is good news for me. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, these movies are just all beloved. There's, there's, there was never really a period of this franchise. You know, even. Even among the people like me who are not huge Harry Potter movie heads, I, I don't look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, Harry Potter 4 through 6 just stunk. Right. They just, like, didn't land with me, but they are all consistently well-made. And, and, and they, they closed it out like a champ. Those last two are great. Yeah, and just profoundly successful and profoundly important to people. Uh, and it's so weird how they just sprung up out of nowhere. Like they weren't created so much as they just existed one day. The and movies, yeah, yeah. I, uh, which is which is nice. It's not usual. Usually, someone will have like written the source material or whatever. But the Harry Potter movies I see what you're just doing. The, it took me a second. They they don't they don't have that. Yeah, I don't know why it's inadapted. 
well, that was a decision that was made by the powers that be, it's and weird. that's uh, it's what I get. It's she who shall not be named. Am I right? <laughs> uh, that, that's good. We'll okay. save Voldemort. No, I won't. <laughs> All we want. No, I'll say Voldemort. All right. So does everyone else. Uh, Noah. The next pick, you're on. My, the first film in my next pick came out the same year as the first Harry Potter film. Okay. But it only lasted for three years. Yeah. I'm going with the critical juggernaut, the Lord of the Rings yeah. trilogy. No hobbits here, baby. Get those hobbits right out of here. Just the three Lord of the Rings films. I mean, what more is there to say? They ushered in the PG-13 blockbuster fantasy filmmaking on a huge scale and it's really here it's the critical acclaim the quality of these movies the consistency of these movies the awards that's really what we're going after yes with this pick yeah this is uh, so, sometimes you know you go for a franchise that has a wide variety mm-hmm. of uh, of qualities and sometimes you go for like lord of the rings movies are just the best movies here and they were also huge hits but like that is that is a quality pick and i yeah uh, it's I'm, there's so many things coming off the board. You can't have it all. I know. I'm sad to see them I all have go. My top two left. I don't want. I want them both. I don't yeah, want you to take I, any of them. I feel. I feel that way here, and that there are two. Take either. Of them. There are two franchises I really want to don't get with do my it. next two picks. I don't think I will. I, uh, but I'm definitely going to get one of them. Don't do it. And it's Mission Impossible. Oh, no, <laughs> that was the lower one though. I okay. had two. Two. My top two. That was number two. All right. I. Yeah, let me uh, go back to the Mission Impossible stats here. You got uh, six movies so far mm-hmm. uh, between 96 and 2018. 1.2, 3.5 in the billions. Uh, and just a franchise that keeps reinventing itself. I, uh, you know, started off as an excellent spy thriller. Uh, kind of got more action-y and then more action-y and also good. Uh, and then just became took off this magnificent uh stunt thing no you're not going to find any records really but it's the growth of the and it's so funny because when you look at these you're like well they didn't really make a whole lot like like fallout was like 215 north america but it is the consistency of them yeah they've they've consistently like overall the not not a lot of these franchises have made three plus billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, I, uh, and it's you know it's kind of it kind of fast and furious itself in that it reinvented itself much deeper in than franchises usually do, well, and no. and hit its uh, hit its peak. It's so funny. You should mention the Fast and Furious franchise. Is it? Because that's what I'm taking next. They're coming home. My family, Dominic Doretto, Brian O'Connor, Letty, uh, Mia Toretto, Vince. The Cousins. The Cousins. Hobbs, Shaw. Um, We all know how much I love this franchise. But yeah, for this, it's the consistent growth of the franchise, especially with the middle. And, you know, it's clearly tapered off now but really four five six seven that's four france four entries most series don't get to four now this had four that was consistently going up in gross it's got a classic uh, tragic history with uh, with paul walker this is a fascinating franchise it's got the stats it's got the movies it's got the longevity um 
It's uh, it's my next pick. Was that one of the ones that you were th- thinking? I uh, no, that was not one of the. It was it was certainly in my you know top uh, my current uh, my current tier mm-hmm. of movies. Uh, it was not one of the two that I wanted to pick. There we go. Okay, I was. I what was, held you back? I was struggling that? to uh, struggling to find. I think just the way that I've kind of. Uh, Falling out of love, disassociated with, with the franchise a little bit yeah. as it's gone on, and it's really, it's really more that just this next thing that I'm going to pick is more beloved for me, and so I was hoping it would be on my team. Okay, you're uh, taking. I, I certainly would have taken Fast and Furious, pro- probably with my next pick if it was still on the board somehow. I have three left, and I think you're taking the number three. Okay, I am taking the Jurassic Park yeah. franchise. I, uh, which Jurassic. Yeah, yes. Uh, Which, you know, speaking of things that have uh, tapered off a bit, these movies stink now. Uh, (laughs) However, you got a couple of things going for you here. Uh, And I will uh, will read briefly that there have been six movies uh, between 93 and 2022. We are at 2.3 billion domestic and 6 billion worldwide. The first Jurassic Park movie... Uh, one of the greatest movies, like it's it's in it's certainly in terms of like blockbuster fare, mm-hmm. it's just it's just one of the absolute greatest things that anyone will have ever seen. Uh, it's exciting and thrilling and hugely successful. Uh, and then just the numbers here, like this is is a, is a little cold, but like remember that morning we woke up and Jurassic World had made two hundred billion dollars, and we were just like, huh. Uh, I do. <laughs> it was it was not what it was supposed to have made. Shocking. Uh, and just you know, it, stink or not, people are still really fucking excited about the dinosaurs, and I'm uh, I'm happy to have both of those things on my uh, on my team here. Noah. Yeah. I have two left in my top tier. Okay, I I have one left in my current tier, so I'm I'm flipping though, and I'm taking the second one I have now. Okay. And if the other one's left on the board, so be it. But for the um, the cultural defining way of the first movie, for the record breaking stats of the second movie, oh, shit, I don't think and it's for happening. how it changed the way that a certain medium was made and marketed, I'm picking the Shrek franchise. Oh, fucking hell! I no, that was. That was a successful fucking hell. Uh, I, I mean, it's a great, it's a great pick. But it was not what you. Were it was not. Do. It was not what I, uh, what I had eyed. Well, six movies, including the current Puss in Boots, the last wish out. But uh, the first film is in the National Film Registry, two Oscar nominations. The first winner of the Best Animated Feature. Talk about legacy. Yeah. First movie to ever win that award. Shrek Two. Second biggest opening weekend, biggest animated film worldwide, second biggest weekend, third biggest film domestically, fourth biggest film worldwide. Even this third film, Noah, had the biggest animated opening in history and the third biggest opening weekend in history. Um, You know, obviously Shrek Forever After, Puss in Boots weren't the big hits that everyone thought it was, but those three movies, especially the first one, which changed animation forever, and the second one, which cemented that change um shrek franchise shrek franchise deserves to be up here over the one that i had initially okay i i'm really glad you made that pick i mean it's a great it's a great pick i don't want to be here like ah you picked shrek dummy 
I, I still remember how far Shrek went in its own multiplex madness. I what? Yeah, yeah, I believe it did make the uh, make the final four. I'm pretty sure it did. I so it's a very deserving pick, but not what I had left, and I am very happy to be able to take a franchise that I think still makes a lot of those qualifiers that you just gave to Shrek. Let's see. Uh, and it is the Pirates of the Caribbean. That was franchise. the other one. That was the other one. I uh, I just the quality drop in that just really was like I. They're both so strong in their merit for their first and second ones. Yeah. A lot for the same reasons. Uh huh. You know what I mean. And listen, this is you know let's let's not uh, let's not forget that this is coming from one of the biggest Pirates three defenders that I know. Hello. Yeah, you're you're a huge World's End head. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't see four, but I imagine it's at best not good. Yeah, uh, five is is dog shit, and that will hurt it mm-hmm. when it comes time for that category. But the first movie is one of those movies that I could just watch at any time. Yeah, uh, the second movie is still quite good. It's it good. is it is not uh, it is not as uh, I think just perfectly entertaining as the first, but it has. It has its moments, and it's it's still good, mm-hmm. and the the great parts are great, and like you know, this franchise has made four point five billion dollars yeah. worldwide. I, hey, uh, you know, that first movie made three hundred million dollars. That second movie made four hundred million dollars. I these these were enormous. They were, you know, you talk about in the moment culturally defining. Uh, the Pirates franchise was was absolutely top tier in its heyday. Well, I know that I picked the right... How many have we picked so far? Uh, that was pick number 11. I know I picked the right 11 because they're now all gone. Of my top two. Okay. Uh, so I, this, I, I'm now picking the 12th and 6th. So we each have two more. I have three more. You have two more. You have seven and eight left, right? Um, how many did we pick? I thought we were filling out a full... Uh, 36? No, I mean we we usually do sixty four. Right. Are we are are we so thirty two? Yes. So so it's thirty it's thirty two per side. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I mean, well, let's. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Is it my turn? Let, it it is your turn. I mean, this is this is this is a important decision. I'm going to consult that uh, important decision about what What's about the decision? about the size of our tournament. No, no, you're right. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm picking a franchise now that I haven't seen too many of the features of, okay? But I know them to be a beloved franchise full of a beloved and passionate fan base, Noah. Okay. And a really kind of interesting, um, uh, steady, gross pattern. And I'm picking Star Trek. That's not that's not where I thought you were going there. All right, I like that. This is this is I think going to be where the draft starts getting really interesting. Yeah, because the I I think that top uh, that top eleven was pretty well defined, mm-hmm. and now like what what you find very compelling about one franchise might not be what I find most compelling, and I think our rankings will uh, diverge quite a bit here. The first uh, two films in the Star Trek franchise broke the opening weekend record. Thirteen films. Two point three billion. They've never been big overseas. Okay, but the longevity. First film was in seventy nine. It was the biggest opening weekend record. Second film, biggest opening weekend record. Listen to these grosses. You got 
82, 79, 76, 109, 52, right. 75, 75, 92, 70. That's, they're not huge, but they are steady as shit. And that's all the way up to 1998. Insurrection made 70 million domestic. Then you got the whole uh, rebooted franchise. I think with the passionate fan base, the well, the the wealth of respect this franchise has, especially uh, Wrath of Khan and the more recent franchise, I think there's a lot of cases to be made for this, and I think it deserves a spot in this tournament. Yeah, I uh, I absolutely agree. Star Trek would have uh, would have been picked by me at some point, and for all those reasons stated, I this this is one of those picks that I don't know if it's the right pick. I think there's something that I should be taking over it, but. I'm not going to, for the sake of speaking to my heart. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to take the Men in Black franchise. That's not even on my list, but I'm glad you picked it. This is this is something that, like, you know, you and I have talked Here about uh, often. We did a whole retrospect on Here the star the of these fenders. films, uh, who some people are less fond of than they Here used to be. Uh, but like, everyone loves Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, that's true. How, how could you not? I didn't really realize that they'd made this much money. You know, I was going through and just scanning like my, my initial my initial process here was just scanning for the total gross and then kind of dividing from there. Men in Black franchise has almost made two billion dollars worldwide. It's uh, yeah. it's a little, a little under a billion, 700 million domestic. I mm-hmm. uh, and just like, you know, there's been four movies and Men in Black 4, Men in Black International, was really, really bad. And that was unfortunate. I, But Men in Black is just outstanding. It's an excellent movie. Uh, and is just like among the greatest Will Smith movies. Uh, it's just movie stardom at its best. It made $250 million domestically in 1997. Yep. I, Men in Black 2 is fine. Uh, not great, but like entertaining enough. And then Men in Black Three, uh, is a movie that doesn't really have much reputation. But you've been it on this should. train for a while, and I recently joined you on rewatch. It's good, like good movie. It's very good. I uh, and just like this is this is something that I am. I th- I think is pro is probably at its best in its first uh, its first iteration, but. Like there's a there's a lot of success, and this is a this franchise is a big part of one of our biggest movie stars' careers, uh, and I I'm happy to have it, man. Uh, I'm going back to critical. I'm leaving gross behind for now. No. All right. And I'm picking the Godfather trilogy. That yeah, that's. I w- I was really hoping that would fall to me a little later, and I. Maybe shouldn't have let it sit so long. The Godfather trilogy, three films, of course. Um, first one became the number one film of all time. Ten Oscar nominations, three Oscars, National Film Registry. Second film made a lot less, but it's nominated for 11 Oscars, won five of them, including Best Picture, National Film Registry. And you have the third film. But this is mainly about the first two and how fucking good they are. Yeah, man. And the legacy that they left behind. Uh, so I go with Godfather here. Yeah, that's a, a that is a good call. I I really wish I'd gotten one of those two in like 
big critical juggernauts here. I but you know you gotta you gotta play the cards. I guarantee you win you almost every time. That's true. I all right now I'm gonna go with the uh, the franchise that did uh, that did fall to me through Men in Black. I not a not a super exciting pick. This is this is pretty uh, pretty chalky, and I've got a lot of superhero fair present. Which so Avenger far. are you taking? It's got to be Iron Man. Okay. I, I Iron Man is the one that started it all. I this is just there's three three Iron Man movies. They made a billion dollars, two point four worldwide. I and was just the absolute linchpin of the MCU. You know it was this. This franchise does not carry the stats of the Avengers movies, but like the importance that Iron Man played in the entire project. Uh, what pick number is this? This is pick number 15. So it would take on pick number... I don't know, man. <laughs> Come on. there's 32 divided by 2 is like 15 and a half. Yeah. Uh, so probably 15 and 16 go against each other. Two, yeah, yeah. One I and think, thirty-two, think, yeah, two and thirty-one, three and thirty-four and twenty-nine, five and twenty-eight, six and twenty-seven, um, seven and twenty-six. Right? Yeah. Eight and twenty-five, nine and twenty-four, ten and twenty-two, uh, eleven and twenty. No, I got that wrong. You're you're off by one. This is gonna take on number eighteen. This is yeah. Sixteen and seventeen go up. Not as interesting as what I was gonna do. <laughs> but I'll do it now. You took uh, your Avenger. I'll take mine. Captain America, baby. Yeah. Here's the reason why. Iron Man did start it all. Captain America, though, saw its gross increase every time, and some would say its quality increase every time. And I'd be one of those people. Yeah. I like Civil War a little more than uh, Winter Soldier, but I got two bangers there. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and yeah, just uh, yeah. Wh- whether or not that was uh, whether or not it ha- it is three is better than two in Captain America. Like it definitely has the highest quality of the individual Avengers franchises. Yes. Uh, and yeah, def- would have been next on my Avengers list for sure. I, my next pick, as I pull up again my statistics here, here we are, I has seen uh, what was a surprising four films to me, and so we're going to uh, talk a little bit about film number two. Zathura? Uh, yeah. The space adventure? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Jumanji here, I, which there have been four movies. I. Yes. Uh, Made two billion dollars worldwide, just under a billion, eight and a half, uh, or eight, eight hundred and fifty million dollars domestically. Uh, the way this franchise, not only Jumanji's a great movie uh, and a hit in its own right, but the way this franchise both reinvented itself uh, with Welcome to the Jungle and the Next Level, and also just went from like beloved thing that people like to a huge modern juggernaut uh, franchise. It it made $100 million, and then it made $29 million, I guess, and then it made $400 million uh, fucking 22 years after the first one came out out of nowhere. 
uh, is a remarkable feat. It was on my list. Uh, please tell me about Zathura briefly. Well, John what's Fa- up with speaking that? Speaking of Iron Man, John Favreau directed it, and um, it's from the same author, and I think uh, it's also about like a game. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't remember much about it, but it's is, is it like it's included in the canon? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I, I mean, we, I, we I can, take it doesn't matter. I we, take it, no, it doesn't matter. I take your word for it. It was just like I can like look through the okay. just to make sure, but um, that's a good pick. Thank you. My next pick. Well, you already picked Harry Potter. I did. So it looks like I have to pick the next best thing. Not Twilight. I see. The Hunger Games. Ah, all right. The Harry Potter ripoff, or the Harry Potter uh, uh, sidekick that's good, you see. Um, no, I, I got to pick The Hunger Games. The one, the most successful Harry Potter, um, not spinoff. What am I thinking of? Uh, sort of iteration, I think. Sure. OIA adaptation that worked critically and box office-wise. Yeah. Launched Jennifer Lawrence's career. Um, a lot of some records were broken as well, and all of them are. There's no bad movie in the bunch, so there you go. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good call. It was certainly on my list. Uh, my next film is going to be a franchise without a coherent name, uh, something that <laughs> you and I have dubbed the MonsterVerse. MonsterVerse, though no, not uh, just us, my friend. That's what it's called. Is is that what it's called? That actually is its name. If you look at any of the images I sent you. I made up all of the... Uh, I, I, I certainly did look at those images. Is, does, is there a logo for the MonsterVerse? I, there is, I didn't I, clock was, that. Hold on. Let me find it. Uh, that's not good. I, no, I was sorry. I was navigating to the stats for the MonsterVerse, which is its real title. Uh, that's what it's called. That Yeah, that's bad. I shouldn't call it that. I'm glad they don't in any of the movies. Because uh, it's not clear. I. Uh, this is the collection of Godzilla and Kong movies, specifically the current iteration. This does not get the whole history of Godzilla. Uh, we're just talking from 2014 to 2021 here. Yeah, there it is. Monsterverse. I uh, put that on a mug. See if you sell one. I. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I just thought of it now. I, uh, you get Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, King of Monsters, and Godzilla v Kong. I, uh, it's just a a franchise that I think has made a surprising to me amount of money, especially overseas. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's not surprising to me that Godzilla does well overseas, but uh, you know, almost two billion dollars overall. Uh, the first Godzilla in this iteration is excellent. Mm-hmm. I. Kong Skull Island, I think, was fine, and that's kind of goes down from there. But you also have the distinction, you know, right before Godzilla vs. Kong come out, we're all kind of sitting around. Is any movie ever going to succeed again? Save the box office. Can something come out? And yeah, Never Godzilla vs. Kong can and did. Uh, and even if it wasn't good, and it wasn't, I uh, thank God it came. Yeah. I uh, and Noah. It's mine now. Yeah. How many do we have left? I remind me. So let's see. That was that was that was pick nineteen. So there are uh, thirteen picks left. This is going to be your tenth pick. I'm moving away from critical. Okay. But I'm keeping it in the same vein as the Hunger Games. I I mentioned it before. 
I gotta I gotta take Twilight on my yeah. team. I it was such a huge sensation. Um launched many a career, as we know, not just with the two uh delicious leads. You know what I mean? I do. Five films, three point three billion dollars, and what was the combined budget? Uh, Let everybody know. I uh, four hundred and eighteen million and it made three point three billion. Um broke records uh all over not all over the place, but it did it did break records and a remarkable consistency. We're talking after the first film, second movie, two ninety six. That's a different eclipse, three hundred, a difference of four million dollars. Breaking Dawn Part 1, 281. Difference of 19. Breaking Dawn Part 2, 292. We're all within $20 million, baby. Yeah. Uh, so Twilight uh, deserves a place on the list of the greatest franchises, especially uh, when considering its legacy, its impact, and the box office. I think that's uh, I think that's right. I. You're going to have to watch some Twilight movies. That's fine. That was, uh... The best one and the worst one. Yeah, well, maybe I've already seen the worst one. I don't know. I'm choosing a franchise that I think is a little surprising to me in its longevity. It's a franchise that first debuted in 1968. I uh, saw its most recent iteration in 2017. Stats are so hard to come by for this fucking thing. Yeah, and that's ki- that's kind of a, impossible. That's kind of what I find fascinating right. and worthy of discussion about it is that the first Planet of the Apes film came out in 1968 i made 32 million dollars if i am uh, i assume i am reading this uh, reading that stat correctly there and then from there it's you know 19 million 12 million 9 million 9 million like do we do we care about planet of the apes is there is there a hunger for this to continue mm-hmm. it's just kind of a one off thing that they kind of tried to milk dry and didn't do well I then they come back in 2001 they made that movie I don't know Tim Burton oh weird starring who Mark Wahlberg yeah yeah I makes 180 million dollars that's pretty cool seems like they would have wanted to follow up on that instead they didn't very smart choice nobody liked it yeah but there's an early movie studio being like we made our money but barely (laughs) how often does that happen I know it's, it's shocking I uh, and then they they take a third crack at it. Yeah. In the 2010s with the rise, dawn, and war, and those movies are all great. Those movies are all big hits. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just kind of fascinating that this uh, that this franchise has such a uh, such a long standing place. Noah, yeah. my next pick, we're getting into some spooky territory here. Okay. Because I'm going with The Conjuring. All right. Not record breakers, but one thing The Conjuring has going for it, impact. It is the first successful post-MCU connected universe. They had spinoffs, they had sequels, all connected to the same uh, continuity, and they pulled it off. And I think that deserves a place on this list. Yeah, I agree. It uh, is certainly in contention for me and is a just an interesting kind of lower level thing. I my pick here is going to be I uh, partially for longevity and partially for iconography. I I think this Mike and iconography. <laughs> delicious. 
this superhero is perhaps not holding the standing that he once did but like superman is terrific theme it's such a good thing no it absolutely is i superman i would guess is probably the most recognizable superhero in the world is he spidey i yeah maybe i mean it's it's not for sure but he's up there yeah I, i would think i Talk about superhero movies that people will say is the best one. The first superhero, the first Superman, Christopher Reeve, I beloved. It was, uh, it is a huge hit. It is full of awards. It came out in 1978. I and the the franchise has had a uh, a sort of rocky attempt to return. Superman Returns didn't do it made 200 million dollars like was a successful movie mm-hmm. uh but didn't land didn't connect didn't start a franchise then the whole snyderverse happened i uh, and that was tough and now henry cavill's gone and it who knows what's going to happen next but like superman superman's got to be on the board they're they're going to keep trying because he is uh, he is a big name Boy, I just don't know what to take. You know, you could go with something that has longevity or something that had a cultural impact. Could go with just grosses. Yeah. You know, there's one huge franchise that is just chock full of grosses that neither of us have touched, and it's because the movies are mainly terrible. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, because the thing is, like, we're not calling this, like, the greatest blockbuster franchise. I don't think. Let me take a look at my little thing here. But I don't think we're calling it the greatest blockbuster franchise no i mean that is like generally what we do here and it's kind of baked into there's not there's not many franchises i do a that blockbuster are, franchise okay. all right all right all right fine 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 sorry a franchise that i won't mention in case uh, it gets picked <sighs> there is there is that big one sitting there though i'm not picking it all right but i'm gonna pick another superhero one I'm picking a movie that has the longevity, it has the history, it has the characters, and more impressively to me, it spanned over 20 years, or maybe just 20 years, without having to seriously reboot itself. X-Men. Yeah. It's on my list. That's, if you think about every other superhero, before the connected universes, Spider-Man, Batman, Superman... They all had to reboot themselves, recast. Yeah. This never actually, you know, first class is whatever. But in first class, the end credit scene, James McAvoy's Professor X runs into Hugh Jackman. It's all the same thing. And that's incredibly rare. And this was the first major PG-13 superhero film of the 2000s. It was the first one. Got us all started. So there yeah. you go. And you want to talk about consistency and gross... Like we're putting an X Men movie out. What's it gonna make? Yeah, two hundred million dollars, give or take. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not gonna be a huge hit, but it's gonna make about two hundred million dollars, and that'll be nice. I I'm deviating from my tier list a bit here. I'm 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 about to be out. I did not plan this far ahead to uh, to speak to my heart. Oh, and I'm choosing. You got two movies here to speak to your heart. I two franchises I can see that could do that. Okay, well uh, we're going uh, we're going. With the first one alphabetically, in the Bourne franchise. Yeah, okay. I. You know what? Just for that, I'll take the other one next. Okay. 
That's great. <laughs> I listen. The first three movies here: Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum. It's just an outstanding uh, action thriller trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that it went from Born Identity, big success. Born Supremacy. Nice follow-up. Outgrossed the first one. Big success. Born Ultimatum, $227 million. Yeah. I, and then, you know, I've I've still never seen Born Legacy. We meant to watch it when we were doing the rewatch of these and then just didn't. Uh, but, like, it has its fans. I know that's true. Uh, and then Jason Bourne's bad. And, like, there's bad movies. What are you going to do? I, but I... Those first three, man, I just... I love, I love them. I love them. All right, I'm taking Noah's other one. The coolest movies on this list. The Oceans movies, yeah. baby. Come yeah. on now. That's it. They're cool as hell. Right. Yeah, I mean And they made they made a decent amount of money, but we're talking about greatest franchise uh, of all time and the first one is one of the best movies. Yeah, it's got it's got to be about movies that you want to watch. Movies all exist so we can watch them and And they made money. They have qualifications. Yeah. And they're they're all good. Are we getting a? I'm not. I'm not down there. We're getting Ocean's Eight in this as well. Yeah. Okay. I. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to say one way or another about Ocean's Eight, but <laughs> Eleven is one of my favorite. Ocean's Eight still made. Are you not at the thing? I uh, no. I'm. Uh, what, what What would you think Ocean's Eight made? Oh God. I. Uh, somewhere in the 120 million dollars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it came out. 2018, like 120. Yeah, maybe. I, yes. Domestically, 140. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a hit. I I I just meant more in terms of me wanting to watch it. Yeah. Sure. I. Uh, well, we might have to. <laughs> might yeah. be the the least uh, appealing. It. I mean, it definitely is 100. percent That is the worst movie of the franchise. <laughs> no, no, no. But close. I mean, through our metrics. 68 yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, no. I think, I think no, in this Ocean's, case... Ocean's 12 has lower on both of them. I don't care. <laughs> okay. that, that's not that's not up for discussion. Ocean's 12 is so much better than Ocean's <laughs> okay. 8. Uh, this is a case of us knowing all the movies in the franchise sure. and being able to make executive decisions. Sure. Uh, but yeah, those movies are outstanding, and I could watch... Uh, yeah. What do you got next, Drew? Oh, man. Do I want to have to make myself watch that is the question. I, I'd have to anyway. Might yeah. get down to it. Depends on whether you think it's worthy of being in competition for this. Yeah, here's something, uh, here's something I want to do. You want to talk about a combined budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the overall numbers on this franchise are not a hit, and I'm... I'm really unhappy that that one's included because we'll probably have to watch it then. Uh, but you and I are, I'd say, fairly recent converts to the Church of Jackass. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably have to watch Bad Grandpa. Yeah. I. Uh, this is a franchise that was recently revisited. Talk about longevity. Uh, 2002 to 2022. Yeah. I. They've made five movies and they've spent forty-eight million dollars, uh, probably mostly on healthcare for the Bulls that have destroyed Johnny Knoxville's chest. The healthcare and head. for the Bulls. Well, they keep running them into things like Johnny Knoxville's bones. Not healthcare for Johnny Knoxville, but the Bulls. <laughs> I assume that's out of his pocket. What's the combined <laughs> gross? Forty-eight him. budget. 
I uh, yeah, forty eight's budget. It's made four hundred and fourteen million dollars domestic, five seventy two worldwide. Yeah. And they're just they're fun and good and there is a sustained love for these movies. Jackass Forever uh succeeded in a way that I definitely wouldn't have thought it would. Yeah. Uh and like I this time last year I would not have thought that I liked Jackass very much. Turns out I do. What has, you know, one of these categories is about legacy, right? Yeah, yeah. What's a better legacy than greatest Christmas movie ever made? All right. I'm picking Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was another uh, another heart pick. And this is you know, I'll let, I'll let you speak on it, but it's not no, it's not lim- it's not limited to just Die Hard. Like Die Hard 3 is great. People Die Hard 3. I have an affinity for Die Hard 4. Sure. We won't talk about Die Hard. Well, we'll have to talk about it cuz we're going to have to watch Die Hard. Yes. But um no, I mean, listen, it's uh, Bruce Willis is a uh, role John McClane is synonymous with action films and the first one is many consider the best Christmas movie ever made. So there yeah. you go. I and I I'm 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 on that train. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is active sure. and deliberately no, Christmas themed throughout. The greatest. Uh, yeah, I'm just you'll. It's just kind of like it's a it's a meme. Oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, but like th- yeah, like I I think people might not understand that like it actually is. Yeah, I also and, don't think that like it needs to be like even like debated anymore. It just is. Yeah, I. All right, we're down to our final two picks each. <gasps> oh my god. I, Incredible. I've got there's there's a franchise that I know is not making it out of here. I don't have. What do you mean? What? It's not get not getting picked. Yes, I, and I have nothing left on my sheet. I mean, I, I I know it's not not getting picked by me. Is it getting picked now or is it getting picked? It's getting picked now. In fact, is it because, because of the grosses? I no, it's because of the gross, and then they made other movies that were gross. I uh, I don't have. A ton of like super critical movies on here. Are you picking Jaws? I'm picking Jaws, <laughs> man. Which like I just watched those, so you don't need to watch them again. You no, got it. I will. Um, <laughs> You're on board. All right, picking Jaws. Listen, big. this is this is a case of uh, one of the greatest movies of all time was then followed. What are you by, picking? The Exorcist next. <laughs> Uh, Which is also very similar. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess I could have gone that way, and like I, I love The Exorcist, but not like I love Jaws. Sure. I, Jaws is also one of the greatest uh, success, uh, the biggest successful movies of all time. I, and like, listen, they made three other Jaws movies, so it's a franchise, and that's not gonna do well for the categories that consider it as a whole. But I, I got I got I can't not have jaws on my team. If it's in there, what do I take here? I don't know, man. I got the comedy nope. one. Nobody's taken the Hobbit yet. I got the comedy. Like. I got the comedy one. I got the action one. I got, uh, um, the horror one. This is tough. It is it it is tough here, this and I so tough. I here. I say I say like truly like just go with your heart. 
That's what that's what's been guiding. That's what's been guiding me. It's why I have Jaws on my team, despite <laughs> that not really being a good contender. I'll admit. I mean, I feel like that's going to be a lot of these last bunch of movies. What deserves a place in the conversation of greatest blockbuster franchise? All right. I just I Someone I do I do want to make sure you understand that Why? nobody has taken the Hobbit yet. So <laughs> Listen. Someone had to pick this blockbuster franchise. The last 20 years what has been one of the top blockbuster franchises of that time. It's got to be picked. Yeah. Transformers. Do it. That's it's on It's, it's got to be taken. Transformers is still on my tier list and like I've been picking movies that I just did not uh did not put on a tier mm-hmm. for my past few picks. Uh but yeah, it's a good it's a good contender. This is not about our favorite stuff. Right. This is about big franchises and Transformers was a huge franchise. All right, your last pick? Yeah. Wow. Uh, my last pick. Rambo. <laughs> I <laughs> No, I've seen precious let's, few of let's, those. Let's let's list the ones we haven't picked yet. Airport, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Annabelle, Ant Man, Chronicles of Narnia, Da Vinci Code, Exorcist, Fantastic Beasts, Fifty Shades of Grey, The Grudge, Hannibal Lecter series, The Hobbit, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Jack Ryan, uh, Kingsman, The Lego Movies, The Medea Franchise, The Maze Runner. Meet the Parents, The Mummy, Night at the Museum, Pitch Perfect, Rambo, Resident Evil, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Thor. Yeah. I. The obvious contender here, uh, to me, is Thor. Wow, we took that all is, the I, Avengers options. Oh, you're not picking that? No, no. I oh, am, my. I'm not taking Thor. I uh, be partially because like the last movie made more than Ragnarok. The the growth is there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the each movie has made more than the previous one. Yeah. Uh Thor Ragnarok is in contention for greatest MCU movie uh individually speaking. I it's just like it does doesn't speak to me. I'm not I'm not interested. Iron Man, Captain America, those speak to me as franchises and Thor uh just just doesn't do it i call it recency bias i you know what i i was really <laughs> debating picking it i was looking at it going boy would i just pick that one because of the may for the may th- oh, i don't know go yeah. ahead you got it you got uh, there first yeah i'm taking the mummy <laughs> uh which is like god where did it go where did my where did my stats go i I have recently rewatched The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. I uh, The Mummy is just like all-time great. It's one of those movies that uh film Twitter is always going to be like, "Oh, The Mummy, we loved that." Here we are. I uh, and they're right to do it. You know, in 1999 this movie made 155 million dollars and was just hugely entertaining. And then The Mummy Returns came out in 2001 and made $200 million and is quite entertaining, possibly because I watched it a million times as a child 
and maybe it's just fine. And I love a movie that's fine rather than appreciate a movie that's really good. I I think that's most likely true. I uh, but I don't care. And then you know I have no memory at all of Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Maybe that's uh, surprisingly good. Who who did they recast Rachel Wise with? I uh, hang on. I just looked this up. Oh, okay. And I've already forgotten. She did the treatment and yeah. produced the Woman King. I. Uh, Maria Bello. Yes, that's right. It was Maria Bello. Which was poor casting. Yeah, I'm like... Maria Bello with a British accent is not... Doing Rachel Weisz is not good. Yeah, I don't think it was a good call, and it's uh, unfortunate that they made this movie, and she was like, no, thank you. I appreciate the not killing her off. Yeah. So that happens a lot with action movies. Absolutely. But, you know... I. But yeah, maybe those she's homesick. <laughs> maybe she's on her way. <laughs> she's always on her. She pulls her car pulls in like yeah. at the end of uh, Fate of the Furious. But like I, 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 yeah, I love those first two movies, and uh, you know the Fraser Renaissance is real, and that's uh, yeah, that's my final pick of this draft is the Mummy. You know, Noah, you got uh, Airport, which was an early franchise. Alvin and the Chipmunks, all this kind of stuff. Here's here's what I'm doing. How to Train Your Dragon is, they're all inc- very good to incredible films. The Exorcist is a classic. Um, Hannibal Lecter has a huge gross and uh, uh, the, all, the, all the Oscars for the first one. Jack Ryan had an incredible stretch in the 90s. I mean, there's so many worthy contenders, but... What is one film, and we've talked about it before on this tournament... That I've constantly championed as being like absolutely insane in what it grossed. Oh man, I just like it's crazy. Yeah, I th- I think I know where you're going with this. What do you think? I is the answer Meet the Fockers. Yeah, yeah. Meet the Fockers making two hundred and seventy million dollars in 2004 279 it was basically 280 is still blow mind-blowing the first film made 150 uh something in 2000 the third film the one that everyone hated the one that sucks noah it sucks so much okay yeah and yet it made 146 million dollars we don't have a lot of comedies on here. The franchises are as good as, as anything else. And um, Meet the Parents, three films, $1.1 billion worldwide, $215 million budget. First film of the biggest October opening, Meet the Fockers, biggest Christmas opening, biggest comedy film of all time. That's it. Can I, can I tell you... In the meet in Meet the Fockers tournament in uh, Multiplex Madness, forever. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, two thousand. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, in Multiplex Madness, two thousand. Meet the Fockers was like a seven seed or something. Yeah. And became pretty clear early on that it should have been like a one or two seed yes. in that division. Maybe and like I'm worried we've be, made that same mistake. The same thing will happen here. It's like that I, last I, one that kills me. If the last one was even like decent. Uh huh. But. Um, I mean, that's true of so many of these things. Noah. Yeah. Run down the contenders. Or, yeah, run down the contenders. I will react to them. All right. 
The one I, seed takes on the thirty second seed. Yeah. Hey, you want you want to read off the matchups here? Yeah. All right. So we're going Spider Man v Meet the Parents. We've got James Bond against the Mummy. We've got Batman against Transformers. Mm. We've got Avengers against Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. Yeah, I mean, listen, something's got to okay. lose. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter is taking on Die Hard. Ooh. Lord of the Rings takes on <laughs> the Jackass franchise. <laughs> 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 I cough. <laughs> my own stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll be doing out. the podcast alone. The room spinning. <laughs> I'm almost not getting. Oh. Lord, take your time. Woo! <laughs> That's going to be fun. That was fun. I almost did a jackass stunt. God. Yeah. <laughs> what if you choked on air? <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible is taking on the Oceans franchise. We've got. That's interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, we've got the Fast and Furious uh, movies going up against the Bourne identity, well, supremacy. Fast and Furious against Bourne? Yeah. That's interesting, too. Uh, Jurassic Park and World against X-Men. You got Shrek against Superman. These middle ones are good matchups. Oh, yeah. Yeah, these, these middle ones are going to be... What was uh, against Superman? Shrek. Yeah, sorry, Sh- Superman. Shrek on Superman. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, let's we'll not Let's not just declare you the winner we'll <laughs> just yet. Uh, we got Pirates against The Conjuring. Okay. We've got Star Trek against The Planet of the Apes. Okay. Those are interesting because they've gone on for a while. Yeah. Uh, Men in Black against Twilight. Ooh. The Godfather against The Monsterverse. Okay. That's so weird. <laughs> We've got Iron Man against Hunger Games and Captain America v. Jumanji. Okay. All right. There we have it. We have our matchups. Next week... The original franchises will go head to head to make it to the uh, Sweet Sixteen Candles. We're finally getting head to head matchups. Yeah, is no, I because th- we're it would be. You did look at me quizzical. Quiz- yeah, I think this. I think I don't think it's the Sixteen Candles yet. I think it goes down to the round of thirty-two, which we don't have oh, right. a fun well, name for. We're doing sixty-four right now. Yeah. So there's thirty-two already on each side. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 16 candles on one side of the bracket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you all see where I was going with that. Um, anyway, next week's a big a big show. We not only have the matchups begin, we're counting down our 10 best movies of 2022. Enough negativity. We're going with positivity. And uh, we're having a special guest. A good friend of Mod Oates will be listening in, and he'll be giving you, uh, since his music podcast, What's uh, what's in the Boombox, <laughs> Thinking Outside the Boombox, uh, ended, he'll be giving us his favorite albums of last year as well. I still remember when we were first starting this podcast, and uh, I, my, just my brain, we were talking about names, and I was like, oh, I've got a great name for the show, Thinking Outside the Box Office. <laughs> And then you were like, no, we can't use that. And I was like, oh, right. That's why I thought of that. It was a great name. It's for a name. It was a great name it's for his show. He got there first. <laughs> he did. Um, that's all going to be next week. And Creed 3, very busy March. So that's next week. No, recommend a movie for the folks for this week slash weekend. All right. Uh, this weekend, we spent a lot of time watching the uh, Best International Feature nominees. We sure did. We're uh, done with them now. Came away really, really enjoying The Quiet Girl. Uh, so if that is playing anywhere near you, uh, highly recommend you seek that out. 
it's a very just very nice little movie reminds, about family. It's also going to be my recommendation. It reminds me of uh, a lot of movies from the '90s or the early 2000s, where it's just a very simple, quiet story um, that packs a, a, a nice punch, and it's not exciting. It's not action-packed it's just incredibly well made and it just sucks you in it's really really good um and it's my favorite of the five yeah me too for sure so i would definitely definitely say go see it all right plug us up you can find us at what's in the box office.com we are on twitter at box office that is also our instagram handle i am on twitter at noah drew i'm at brian deserber d-a-s-u-r-b-e-r i'm also that on letterboxd uh, yeah, my letterbox. Maybe don't seek it out yet because it is incomplete in some of its lists. You haven't put Charlie's uh, Angels on there yet. I uh, no, I actually did that right before we started recording. We, uh, I always forget to pronounce the D. I always think it's letterbox. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that's what the actual framing is called. Right. But it's letterboxed. Yeah, they the all have to D. do that. All right. Uh, yeah, and of course, the feed for our podcast can be found anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Uh, not appearing on any of those pl- platforms, the worst of the year lists. Only best. No, yeah, we're always on the best ones. Um, that's it. Next week's a big show. We hope you'll tune in. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been your host, Noah. And until then, go see a movie.